You're listening to the Brand Ambition Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. That's right. I'm going to prolong this thing as long as I can. And I know what you're thinking to yourself. Brandon, why? You're asking me this. You're you're saying, Brandon, why? After months of making us wait for a new episode of the Brandon Bishop Podcast, why are you going to lay down some funk music, which has now ended, and make us wait even longer? It makes no sense. You're a cruel, cruel, awful human being to make us wait any longer. Than we already have. Why is why is my voice really low? Is this a is that like a setting or something? I'm, I'm kind of turning myself on a little bit. I can only imagine. I can only imagine what's happening happening on that side of the speakers right now. You're like, I just wanted to see what the show was all about, but damn, oh damn, that voice. Mm, let me turn the bass up, turn the treble down. I'm like, oh yeah, right there. Oh, yeah. I kind of sound like an old DJ that I used to listen to uh, back in the 70s, maybe early 80s. Um, Alan Almond. Uh, I don't know if he was just a, a Detroit guy or if he was in different markets, but I used to love listening to Alan Almond because he would talk like this and he would say things like, it's half past the hour and uh, I'm hoping you're laying there next to the fire with the one you love. And uh, we're going to keep bringing you the soft hits of the 70s. That's right. And here's Christopher Cross with Sailing. This is Alan Allman, baby. I used to, oh, God, I used to love that guy. I wonder what he's doing. I would love... Is, uh, is he still alive? Like, hey, I have to look this up. I know it's not the most professional thing to let you know that. But who the hell said this was a professional podcast? Whoever said that's a little weird. I'm actually checking my emails right now. Oh, more stuff for uh, the Stephen Piercy documentary series that's coming up. I'm uh, going to talk a lot about that. This whole episode here, we're going to talk about um, travel. A lot of travel stuff. We're going to talk a lot about cancel culture stuff because it's getting silly. It's just getting silly at this point, you idiots. Um, yeah, so we're kind of going to concentrate on those two things. Of course, we're going to do our, our mailbox segment. Yes, our mailbox segment. Maybe I'll even play some Stephen Piercy for you, some of his solo stuff that you might not have heard. I have uh, a couple songs that are stuck in my brain at the moment, and they're uh, they're not rat songs. They're Stephen Piercy solo project songs, and they're fantastic. So maybe I'll share a little bit of that with you, and uh, let's let's do a podcast, man. I'm going to start doing these things every week again, and there's rumors, and these are loose rumors, 
that we will be doing, uh, I will be hosting a couple more podcasts with some people that you just might know. So we're building a podcast empire. And while we're building it with those other people, I figured why not bring back the Brandon Bishop podcast? Because that's my chance. Yeah. The other podcasts are more so about them and their commentary and their opinions and their, their lives and all that stuff. This one here is called the Brandon Bishop podcast. And I'm, I'm, that's me. I'm Brandon Bishop. So it's going to be about me. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, the recent travels that we've had for a TV and, um, they've been, it, it's been a surreal year already. Yes. The first month and a half were uh, just me and my cat and my kid hanging out here at the apartment. I don't know why I put my cat above my kid, but she's here all the time. He's here half the time. So. Uh, it was just us kind of hanging out, you know, like not a whole lot to do after a busy, busy 2020. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, the travels that we've been doing. We, uh, just got back from Los Angeles filming with Stephen Piercy from rat. Like I said, currently editing the, uh, not exactly sure what we're calling it. I think it might be called backstage past. Um, personally, I don't like that name because it's not about, yes, it's about the past, but it's also about the present and the future of, uh, Stephen Piercy and man, what a bright present and what a bright future. So, uh, it's not just about, you know, rat and Mickey rat and all the different things that, uh, he has done, but it's also about the things that he's doing and about to do. And a lot of it's really, really exciting, especially for a long time Piercy fan like myself. So also just spent 10 days on the road with Mike Bennett popular pro wrestler uh, has been in WWE impact, all, all the promotions currently in ring of honor. And, uh, he did a, uh, I want to fall in love with wrestling tour for 10 days across the country with me. I filmed the whole thing. We got a documentary coming out later this month. I can't wait to share it with everybody, all wrestling fans and, and just people that enjoy a good story are going to love this thing. It's, it's, uh, it's it's very sweet. It's very uh, inspiring. It's very uh, it's it's kind of one of those all of the above type deals where it's you know Mike Bennett and we're on in in a car together in hotels uh, in you know these little <laughs> tiny like wrestling schools and wrestling shows in front of nobody or fourteen people or you know just the other students and stuff. It, it's it's a crazy documentary. And I think any fan of professional wrestling on any level will definitely enjoy it. Oh, yeah, it, it's just uh, it, it's it's been a crazy couple of weeks and I'm actually excited about doing this podcast thing again. I've, it, it's it's such an outlet for me and uh, and I'm trying not to make it a negative outlet uh, even though we're going to talk about some a uh, little bit of cancel culture stuff going on today, so maybe we, you know that should honestly be our, our lead story. If we have a, do we have a professional soundbite for lead story? I, I haven't done this in so long. I don't even know what sound bites we have anymore. Let's see. It's time for the headlines, baby. Let's get funky. I mean, that'll do. Nothing wrong with that one at all. That's my buddy Vinny right there uh, offering his voice up for the Brandon Bishop podcast. Always appreciate me some Vinny. Miss some Vinny, actually. Love me some Vinny. Cancel culture, though. For fuck's sake. 
<laughs> you know, have you ever heard of the rapper named Da Baby? No, I, I I haven't either. Yeah, I'm going to play you some Da Baby because and I hope this doesn't do like an algorithm thing where it'll keep suggesting videos of Da Baby. Maybe I should sign out Da Baby. Da Baby cry baby um throat babies. All right, let's see what throat babies is. Uh, oh, it's featuring the baby. Everything's featuring somebody. What, like rap music is so goddamn awful. Damn, they got the best head in the world on them. Oh, I be ready to hit, put a list on my dick and she swear alone. Uh-huh. She be ready to spit. She in my dick with passion and blood. She talking to me. She be telling me shit. Go ahead and spit on me. Oh, this is like a backstage at the studio. Okay. You hypocritical motherfuckers. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. That's the only negative loud yelling I'm going to fucking do. That garbage bullshit that's being spoon-fed into you by corporate fucking garbage-ass motherfuckers. Excuse me, I've been a musician my entire fucking life. So when I hear shit like that is selling millions of copies, it pisses me off. Like, really pisses me off. But we're talking cancel culture. So, Peppy the motherfucking Le Pew, a cartoon from Warner Brothers back in 1945. Peppy Le Pew. Just because he was aggressive with his cat that he thought was a skunk is being, and here's the thing about cancel culture. Nothing's being canceled. I can go on YouTube right now and watch hours of Pepe Le Pew if I wanted to. All you're going to do is make this stuff more sought after, more popular than it's ever been. Who's who talked about Pepe Le Pew in the last 20, 30 years? Anybody? Nobody. He's more popular now. The cartoon character is more popular now than he's ever been. Meanwhile, on the flip side, like, what the fuck is this garbage? And nobody's like pushing to cancel that. Why? Because he's black? Is that a thing? Where, I mean, it makes no fucking sense to us, it makes no sense to anybody. Like, what, what? why are we walking on eggshells with a cartoon skunk? If you're offended over a cartoon skunk, if it's ruining your day to the point where you have to make your voice heard about a cartoon skunk, guess what? You've got bigger fucking problems than a cartoon skunk. If Dr. Seuss is offending you because there's a little guy dressed like a Chinaman on there, guess what? You have bigger problems than a little Chinaman in a Dr. Seuss book. You know who doesn't give a shit about the Chinaman in a Dr. Seuss book? Anybody from China. This is all white people. This is all white guilt is all this is. Okay. And you can call me whatever the fuck you want to call me about this. I don't care. Cancel me, please. That'll make more people get my network. More people will listen to the podcast if you publicly cancel me. Please do it. 
I'm not walking on eggshells for anybody. Anybody. And neither should you. If you're really that offended about things that are just god awful, then cancel this bullshit. And here's the thing even though it's garbage music, and it's totally garbage, the baby is the worst shit like ever recorded since anything else that sounds like the baby. That's your fucking name. That's your rock star name, Da Baby. Yes, I was born in the 80s with the big hair and the tight pants and everyone wearing makeup and shit. Even that wasn't as stupid as Da Baby. Huh, but that's that's totally fine. That's perfectly fine. Suck a dick and coming on her face and busting nuts and look at me. I've got money and alcohol and sports cars and yeah, fuck, you know, women and uh, slapping them and shit. Not that I actually heard those lyrics. I'm sure they're in there somewhere. I mean, honestly, you've heard what I just heard, which is worse than anything I just said. But what the fuck? Can you be a bigger hypocrite? Go after that shit. Like I said, it's it, it's no different than when the PMRC, the um, parental monitoring, uh, whatever the fuck it was called, used to slap. You know, they did this big court case and D Snyder from Twisted Sister and even John Denver and everybody stuck up for music. And here's the thing. The baby has every freaking right to suck that bad and put out shitty music. Absolutely. But don't tell me that doesn't offend you and Pepe Le Pew does. Because that would make you a fucking idiot. Tired of this shit, man. I am. I'm tired of this shit. I was born in the 70s. I made it through the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 210s. And now we're in the 220s. And you know, (laughs) I have a a library, a, a wealth of experience. Okay? And... When I look back on my life in the 80s and 90s, nobody said shit about anything. Now, here's the thing. We need to learn from history. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you were, you know, not first of all, none of us have known a slave. None of us have known personally a slave owner. Unless you're into sex trafficking or something. And if that's the case, go kill yourself. But we learned from our mistakes as a society. We learned by continuing on and just not doing it anymore. But you can't erase history You can't. You could say it's canceled. What is that going to do? You could say Dr. Seuss is canceled. Well, guess what? There's still millions and millions and millions of those books out there. And now those books are going to be more popular and sought after than ever. It's like when Disney erased Song of the South. Like, okay, Um, there's a brilliant actor. I can't remember his name off the top of my brain. And uh, he did some brilliant work in that movie. It's some brilliant animators. Yes, It was definitely racist by today's standards, but not back then. It was a different freaking world back then. We've learned from our mistakes and we've moved on. And I I, I, I don't even need to say we. 
We are still learning from the mistakes. And how do we learn from the mistakes of the past? We weren't in the past. We didn't make those mistakes. But how do we learn by the past existing and for us to be able to look at it and go, that was brutal. That didn't age well. That is how we learn. That is how we move on. I just think people are bored. Yes, the COVID-19 craze is hopefully winding down. But I think people are just so goddamn bored, which explains all the riots, which explains all the civil unrest, which explains the cancel culture, which explains all of this shit going on. It's just white people with white guilt trying to make up for it in the only way that they know how, because everyone, these people don't know how to shut up. They don't. They don't know how to shut the fuck up. They have to be saying something at all fucking times. They have to hear words coming out of their mouth, kind of like me with the podcast. But anyways, different reasons. They have to be saying something. They have to be standing against something. They have to take up arms against something. They have to be taking it to the streets and, and raising their voice and stepping up on their soapboxes. They have, they have, they have to hear their own voice saying something. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're bored. I get it. You stand for nothing. You have nothing. You probably have no talent. Uh, So what do you do? You hop on board to some cause. You hop on board. This is why people join gangs. Not because they want to go out and commit crimes and do stupid shit. Because they need somebody around them. They need a voice. They need an identity. And this is what you've latched onto. You step up on your soapbox, your social media soapbox, and this is your identity now. You're the crusader, aren't you? You're fighting for everyone's freedoms. You're fighting for you to make up for the past. You're, you're, you're just, you're a soldier in the army of decency. No, you're a fucking annoying mosquito little pest that needs to be swatted with a fly swatter. And now my cat is here and she wants to voice her opinion as well because she doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. Am I wrong? Do you know when to shut the fuck up? No, you don't. Okay. Oh, the joys of living with your cat and working from home. Whenever she hears my voice and it's not directed towards her, and I've mentioned this on several other episodes because she interrupts just about every episode. Whenever she hears my voice, she uh, has to intertwine somehow. She has to uh, be a part of it. (sighs) She's gone into the bedroom now, so maybe we can get some work done now. But cancel culture needs to be canceled Immediately, I'm done with it. I'm done with you. Like I said, this is bored white people, bored, guilty white people that don't have anything else to do. They have no identity. They have no uh, just nothing else going on, man. (laughs) That's it. There's nothing else going on. So they have to make something going on. What's this? What's that silence? I must fill that silence. With my voice. Oh my goodness. I watched an old Pepe Le Pew episode on on Warner Brothers, whatever streaming platform that it's on. And oh my goodness, I cannot believe that sexist, disgusting skunk. I have to reach the masses and we're going to get this taken care of. You idiot. You idiot. If that's the case, if Pepe Le Pew offends you, You thin-skinned, I got to be nice. I told myself I'm going to do this podcast. It's going to be more positive, less negative, and just not so vehemently angry. But this gets me, man. This, do you know how many, 
movies and TV shows and other cartoons. You're not going to cancel. You're not going to go after Family Guy or Rick and Morty or American Dad or South Park or uh, anything on Adult Swim after eight o'clock. Uh, but you're going to go after Pepe Le Pew because he was a sexist skunk. Cartoon skunk, not even a real skunk. What's next, man? What's next? What is next? But the baby can go on forever. Even some of my favorite, you know, what about, um, I don't know, Bloodhound Gang. You know, I'm trying to think of dirty bands, that do the mentors, you know, you're going to cancel all of them. You're trying to cancel Eminem now for what? You can't cancel art. You can't. And if you try, art will win. That's just how it is. So do me a favor. Okay, do me a favor. Let's, I'm going to do an exercise with you. I'm going to do it along with you, okay? I'm turning on, uh, let's see, what can we turn on here on the television? Uh, let's go to, let's go to HBO Max. Why not? Give them a nice little plug. You should be watching Asai TV, ASYTV.com. Also available on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire. Only five bucks a month, 17 cents a day. Quit being so gosh darn cheap and buy the network that I launched and I bust my ass to maintain and we film shows for all over the country. But here we go. Um, we're here on HBO Max. Am I smacking my lips between sentences? I hate that. I will drive myself crazy doing that. But when other people do that, they're like, so I was at the store and I saw these like really nice shelves on sale. So I bought, five. oh my God, people that do that just... I don't wish any violence on you or harm or especially no, no, no death or any of that stuff, but stop it. Stop it. And quit eating with your mouth open too. It's disgusting. Those are usually the same people. Okay. What do we got here? Judas and the black Messiah. Okay. There we go. And then we've got, uh, I mean, there's South park right there. It's basically all I watch on, well, okay, I, here's the here's the exercise that I want to do with you, okay? I want you to go on whatever streaming, whatever cable channel, whatever TV channel, whatever VHS tape you have, DVD, whatever. Find something from like the 80s, 70s maybe. Maybe even an old Warner Brothers. I used to like the Three Bears, you know, like, oh, my porridge is too hot. My porridge is too cold. Uh, somebody's sleeping in my bed. And then the dad would punch his son right in the face. Sometimes he would shoot him with a gun. Go and find some of that stuff, okay? And if it offends you, there's this really cool button on your remote control. There's a bunch of them, actually. You can hit the power button, and guess what happens? <gasps> your TV goes off. Oh, and you don't have to see it anymore. And guess what else? There's another button could change the channel with yeah it's all right here the power is in your hand i i want i really want to talk to somebody who's all about this cancel culture life i guarantee they're white i guarantee they're bored they have really nothing exciting outside of a day job in their life i guarantee that black people don't care they don't care. They don't care about Song of the South. 
They don't. They they might go, wow, that's uh, yikes, you know. <laughs> but all in all, they they're not going to care. They were probably happy that there was an outstanding black actor that was you know featured in the role way back then. What what are we doing? I mean, I mean the Me Too shit. Yes, some of those people like Harvey Weinstein and you know uh, Jeffrey Epstein and all all these Steens apparently, they definitely deserve to be called out on an individual basis. We are all individuals. Yes, we are different colors, sexual preferences, different religions, different heights, weights. But we are all individuals. You can't look at a black guy and say, wow, that black guy is just like every other black guy. You can't say that. You can't look at an Asian and say, oh, none of them can drive and you can blindfold them with dental floss. You can't say that. Because they're all, I mean, maybe you can <laughs> blindfold them with dental floss. Um, but that's just an old freaking Andrew Dice Clay joke. What about that? What about Sam Kinison and Andrew Dice Clay and all these people I grew up with and Richard Pryor and, uh, God, the gay jokes that Eddie Murphy used to tell. Jesus. No, they don't age well. I still laugh at them because everything should be laughed at. I should be laughed at. You should be laughed at. Everything we know should be laughed at. Every serious event should be laughed at. Because that's a coping mechanism. That's how I cope with things. I know my cat, who drives me crazy, is going to die probably in the next five years. He's 16 this year. And I will be crushed. I will be. I'll be upset. Just like anybody would be. But I'll, there's got to be some kind of silver lining, and usually that comes through humor. Maybe I'll get her stuffed in a weird position or something. I don't know. It's just... It's got to be like, okay, I dealt with it and I've made fun of it and I'm laughing and this feels a lot better than crying or being angry or being offended by every goddamn thing you see. So if you see something that you're offended, turn it off, change the channel or fucking figure it out and, and thicken your skin just a little bit, just a little bit and deal with it. And when I say deal with it, I don't mean reach out and we got to cancel Dr. Seuss and Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> but meanwhile, the baby is still topping the fucking rap charts. <sighs> Nobody says anything. Nothing at all. Literally in that little sound clip that I played, he talked about coming on some girl's face. Which is fun. You know, I thoroughly enjoy if 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 I have a partner that enjoys such an activity, then Gosh darn it, I'm going to provide it. And it'll be fan-freaking-tastic. Pepe Le Pew never got, you know, came on anybody's face. Not that I'm aware of. (sighs) Yet, you know, he's dead now. He's dead to me. I Nobody even talked about him five months ago. It started with one easily offended, white, bored, worthless, talentless little bitch. Male or female. I don't know who it was. And they probably got on their soapbox media, their social media soapbox and just, oh my God, I can't believe we've let this go for so long. Fuck you. Seriously. 
I don't like Eminem, but they're going after him next. Yeah. Meanwhile, the baby and everyone like the baby Scott free, man. And if you start going after you already motherfuckers already pissed me off with Louis CK. Do you know the story behind Louis CK? Not only is he probably the greatest stand-up comedian of this generation. Oh, he got me too'd like a motherfucker. Here's the thing. And he even joked about it in, in his comeback, uh, because that's what you do. Like I said, if you go through something, you joke about it, you find the humor in it and that's how you deal with it. So these two like female comedians, I guess were at a bar or someplace with them, a hotel, whatever. And I guess there was some kind of vibe going on there because Louis asked him if he wanted to go up to his hotel room and watch him jerk off. That's his kink. Let him have his kink. We all have kinks. Like what's my kink? I, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Well, I can think of about 20 of them, but it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's my kink. It's none of your goddamn business. Well, these two ladies said yes. And then proceeded to follow him to his hotel room. Um, did he not make it clear what you're going up there to do? What you think you were going up there to do? If you agree to something, if I have sex with somebody and they're fully into it and they're fully agreed to it and you know, you get the nonverbal or verbal, whatever commands that the green light, so to speak, it's then yes, we're having sex. And if you come back at me years later, and say that, oh, I never consented to that. It was rape. It was whatever. That shit can happen to me. That shit can happen to you just because somebody said it. Here's a little fucking advice for every, not, not advice, but here's a little, a uh, little known fact these days. Just because somebody says something, just because there's an internet post about it, just because there's a social media thread about it, just because somebody made a goddamn meme does not mean it's true. Can you handle that? Can you handle the fact that just because somebody you like or somebody you trust or somebody you know says something does not mean it's true? I've been accused of beating women before, which is laughable. I've been accused of trashing people's houses and stealing their property and money, which is laughable. I've been accused of all kinds of shit. I've been in the entertainment business for over 25 fucking years. Of course, I've been accused of everything you can fucking think of. And it's all bullshit. It all comes from stupid people that just got rubbed the wrong way for something. Am I perfect? No, not at all. Neither are you, neither are they. But just because somebody says something does not mean it has any gravity to it whatsoever. I can literally say right now that Snoop Dogg raped me five years ago on a tour bus. It wasn't me. It was somebody else. But um, I can I can say that right now. I could go out there and post it everywhere, post it to important people that I know, to other celebrities, and maybe they'll catch on and be like, that's disgusting. I need to share this. And next thing you know, bloop, 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 bloop. It's everywhere. And Snoop Dogg would be like, I didn't rape this guy. What the fuck? It was another entirely different girl that I raped on a tour bus. <sighs> See, just me saying that is, um, is wrong because I wasn't there. This girl told me that he was highly, highly touchy and inappropriate. And, um, I believed her because I really have no reason not to believe her, but 
by me saying that, I'm just giving you an example here. Not, I'm not saying Snoop Dogg raped anybody, especially me on a tour bus. I'm just saying that just like that, every one of your ears perked up. Didn't it? Yeah, it did, didn't it? You're like, oh, shit. Okay, he raped a girl on a tour bus? I have no proof of that. I'll never say that as a 100% fact. But people are out there all the time saying shit, saying, you know, Louis C.K. raped us and did this or whatever. No, no. Just because you say it doesn't mean it happened. Like I said, we're all individuals. Every situation is a million shades of gray. And I'm not talking about the kinky movie. I'm talking about the actual term of shades of gray, which is different. We're all different. We are all different. We all have amazing days. We all have shitty days. We all have do amazing things. We all do shitty things. We are all all grumpy as fuck one day. We're all happy as fuck the next day. Do you get it? Do you get what I'm saying? Or am I just blathering on? Have you already turned off the podcast at this point? I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off at the where the place where society is going. Now, if I didn't have a son and a, a daughter, which, um, I might even call her up later on today and talk about this stuff because she's in her mid twenties now. And that's a whole nother world than when I was in my mid twenties. But if I didn't have a son and a daughter and you know, a lot of friends with kids knowing the world that they're getting ready to enter as adults, I wouldn't care as much, but I do. And I do. And I do do. I need to, I don't know, man. I need to turn this thing around. <laughs> I need to turn this thing around, get positive. I'm going to give a friend a call real quick and uh, talk about positive. This guy is usually one of the most positive people I know, so let's give him a ring. Maybe. There it is. Okay. Okay. Hey, is this Papa Bob? Yes, it is. <laughs> What's going on, man? It's Brandon. Hey. Hey, um, I'm over here talking to myself on this podcast, basically just kind of, uh, it, it's my outlet as we all need one. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm talking about, uh, I want to talk about the, the stuff. I'm going to talk about Papa Bob's miracle here in a second. I'm going to talk about all the stuff that you got going on, which is great. I'm happy to be a small part of it. But I'm I'm talking about this cancel culture stuff. Now you're uh, I somehow you're in your seventies, and I, I can't believe it because you look younger than I do. And most of the time, you're more vibrant and and energetic than I am. As um, there's a snowstorm out there, and it's I think it's wiping us both out at this point. Um, as far as this cancel culture stuff, like. Pepe Le Pew and Dr. Seuss and all these different things that are uh, some some bored white person out there is basically saying, hey, I don't like this, so I don't think anybody should like it. Um, in your in your 70 years on this planet, have you seen anything like this before? Oh, I haven't. I mean, um, you know, I think it's absolutely crazy um, that there's so many more things that are important in this country, in this world right now that uh, needed to be taken care of. And I think it's just uh, kind of a waste of time. And 
and somebody needs to get a life. When's the last time you've even heard the words Pepe Le Pew? Oh, I don't know. I guess maybe when I was nine. <laughs> exactly. It came <laughs> out in 1945. Um, okay, well, yeah. I wasn't born yet. But, um, yeah, so I was kind of you know, brought up with him, though, because uh, he was uh, yeah, part of all of that, you know. Well, how, well, why are people so, is it the fact that everyone has a social media soapbox now and they have a, a quote voice in quote, um, where they all think their opinion matters? Is that, uh, is, is, is it social media's fault or, I mean, you're, you're, you're the experienced person here. Let me sit under your tree and, uh, well, what's, what's going on with society? Why are we so thin skinned and easily offended? You know, I, I don't know. I, I I mean, you know, that's opening up a giant can of worms with me because, uh, you know, I was raised on a farm and we had to work our butts off. And, um, you know, uh, every day we get up, you know, before the sun even came up to work. And uh, that's what we learned. And we learned to, uh, you know, just be grateful and you know, for what we had. And we, you know, I have two, uh, my father... My brother and my grandfather are all veterans, and uh, you know we were raised to just uh, love our country and work our butts off and be happy. And I think there's people, like I said, they need to get a life. They have too much time in their hands to be able to go back into books that haven't been looked at for years or whatever, or movies or whatever, cartoons, and go picking through there to find something to be them to be offended by and then just because they're offended they think the whole the whole universe needs to be offended so you know i that's my opinion i i think people got too much time in their hands and they need to go do something good for people uh with the homeless the veterans or whatever rather than you know trying to um, cause problems is what i see and it does cause problems so uh, that's my opinion, and <laughs> and you're sticking to it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. What is uh, why why are we so divided right now? I mean, you're, you're is it just the fact that people are finally able to open up and express their opinion, and that's maybe we've always been divided, and now it's just more prevalent and more obvious and more uh, easily expressed, or is is there something going on with uh, just it's American. This is an American thing. You know what I mean? Just, you don't see this in China. You don't see this in Japan. You don't see this in other countries for the most part. I, I, do you think we're just, we have maybe too much freedom or is it, I mean, it, wh- wh- why are we so divided and so angry lately? Uh, you can, I can name exactly what it is. And that's about, you know, five, six, seven, um, news channels on TV. I don't watch the news uh, very seldom. I'll you know watch the weather. Um, I think the news is toxic. I think it um, takes people completely apart from each other because um, basically a lot of it um, is fear. I think, and uh, I think it. And you have fear, then you have problems between people because everybody has their own ideas and views and everything and and uh you know just 
I just think it fuels the fire uh, myself. Everybody's, you know, going to go one way or the other, but uh, they uh, seem to be fighting over it more than going their separate ways, if that makes sense. Who do you think's responsible for uh, making the borders between all of us so bold and almost impossible to get over? I'm not talking about national borders. I'm talking about uh, black, white, brown, yellow. I'm talking about um, gay, straight, male, female, old and young, rich and poor. Um, you know, who's I got an Android phone. You got a iPhone, you know, the Coke and Pepsi. Uh, you know your fo- your favorite football teams. Like, why? Who, who's responsible for uh, killing off the tribe mentality and uh, enforcing a secular tribe mentality? Do, do you think is it is it the media? Damn, you're making my head work here. <laughs> uh, you know, I I got to throw it back on that. Uh, I really do. Um, I think uh, you know you find you know, places in this country where there's thousands of people that don't even own a TV. And I think they're the happiest people on this planet. I truly do. Um, Because uh, they either get into um, their lives uh, outdoors or whatever they do to uh, (laughs) stay sane and uh, I think, uh, yeah, I got to throw it back on the media and on on it all. Um, I think it's just they're they're uh, they get away with way too much, um, and the people get pissed off because uh, you know they you know they can't say what they want on Facebook, uh, but then the other person can, um, you know, all wherever on social media or you know anywhere, um, they can't do it because you know they tell them. You know, you can't say that. You can't say this. You know, and, you know. I was just I was born and raised to uh, respect all people. I don't care what color they are. Um, I don't care how old they are. I don't care young, whatever. Um, it's respect. And uh, you know, you treat me good, I'll treat you good. Um, and again, whatever color you're talking about, there's bad and there's good. So, you know, that's always been the case throughout history. You know. So, um, I'm glad we agree on that because I think I said the exact same thing before I called you, and uh, it uh, it's true though. And I think people are are I I think people are blind at this point. I think they're uh, ironically, I think they're snow blind. They don't really realize the damage that they're causing, and it's a and and it's a shame. And 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 they don't think they're causing any damage. They think they're helping, but they're they're not. They're not helping by canceling Pepe Le Pew and just they're not helping by uh, just, you know, like I said, in, enforcing these secular uh, mentality and of division and hatred and all this stuff. They think they're doing right. They think they're doing right, but they're, they're just in not. Their, yeah. In their own minds, they do. Yeah. Um, but you know, they, uh, they, you know, what is that deal about? Can't see the forest for the, for the trees or whatever. You know, it's like um, they they just do what they do, and they don't realize how bad uh, of problems it causes. You know, um, but all of the all of the people that um, you know try to do, do good and and help, and uh, you know, they're they're the ones that are gonna 
carry us all through, you know. Well, one thing that is helping and it's helping a lot of people is the product that you make with your own two hands and uh, came out of your brain. It's uh, Papa Bob's Miracle. And if uh, you don't know what that is, you should go to. Papa Bob's Miracle. Google it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you have a website, right? Yeah, it's all right there. If you Google it, unbelievably, uh, don't do Papa Bob, though, because you get this 30 seconds of that squiggly from from uh, Spongebob. <laughs> Makes sense. So make sure you go Papa Bob's Miracle and not just Papa Bob. But it's kind of neat to watch anyway. If you want to watch it, it's pretty funny. So and what is it? What is it? What's Papa Bob's Miracle? Did. I take it every day. I still have. I'm, I'm a, a big fan of it. And uh, it helps me sleep at night. I, that's the one thing that I get out of it. And uh, I'm sure there's other things. But it's uh, what is it? Well, you know... Um, they're, they're everybody uh, in this country, as far as I know, uh, extracts, uh, which means that they take the um, the oil out of the material and extract, you know, extract it out of the material. And uh, you know, there's a lot of good oil out there. I'm not knocking oil, uh, but I decided to do uh, something different than everybody else about eight years ago. And what I do is I keep it intact, uh, meaning that I don't do any extraction, I don't do any isolation, uh, I don't use any ethanol, alcohol, any chemicals. Um, it's exactly the way God gave it to us to use, is my opinion. So that's why I decided to do it that way, um, so everybody can have all of the benefits of every single thing that is in the cannabis plant. Um, and you've got you know CBD, CBG, CBN, CBC, uh, Turpins, uh, myrcenes, flavonoids, um, every cannabinoid available um, is in my medicine. Um, Whatever's in that plant is uh, available to all of you, which each of those individual cannabinoids has a specific purpose and uh, to, you know, to heal different um, diseases or uh, autoimmune disease or whatever. Um, So, um, you know, and, and uh, it's all natural, all organic. Uh, you put it under your tongue uh, sublingually. Um, the best, one of the best um, delivery methods for cannabinoids into your body. Uh, you do that three times a day under the tongue, and uh, you know, I, I I call it Papa Bob's miracle for a reason. In over eight years now, I've seen um, incredible miracles. Um, it's beyond belief. Um, what has happened uh, where I get a call overnight from a little girl that's been seizing for seven years, uh, every day of her life, uh, horrible seizures. And overnight after the first dose, um, four months ago, she is, has been completely seizure free. So those are, that's just one thing. Uh, we're not supposed to make claims and all of this stuff, but I, I can't help it. Um, when you get stories like this, uh, of Parkinson's, uh, tremors going away, um, you know, I can go on and on and on. It's, it's, uh, um, so, but we're just, we're not like everybody else. That's the big thing. Um, we, uh, um, we make a whole plant, whole spectrum, uh, product. And it actually kind of tastes good. It's a little sweet and you stick it under your, like you said, a little pea size under your tongue and, uh. P is in the, the the vegetable, not you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
And it's uh, think of it like uh, almost like a preserve. Um, that's kind of what it, I think it is yeah, like. The puree, you know, and it's kind of like you know, um, what Grandma used to make. Only this, this is what Papa makes, you know. So, um, you know, and it's uh, I, I use a uh, a um, I'm trying to think of the flavor. All of a sudden. Uh, a little raspberry or something like that? Red raspberry. Holy moly, Bob. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, uh, flavored with red raspberry. I have had people that ask me not to. Uh, they like just the raw version of it. Um, it's different. It's got a texture. Um, so, you know, it's just you let it sit under your tongue, and it kind of mostly all dissolves, and then there's a little bit to uh, swallow. But, um, but yeah, it... Uh, doing some some great things for many people including myself i mean i i've had my problems and obviously i got a um an older body so it needs a little extra <laughs> uh, i call it nicely medicated um, in colorado here i am allowed to do that um after 51 years of consuming cannabis and looking over my shoulder you know after the last few years here in colorado you know i I don't have to do that anymore, which is a good feeling. I Isn't that weird? Way. Isn't it weird? Because I remember, yeah. I mean, I, as, as most people, just you know, smoking a joint and like looking around, making sure you know no one's looking at in your car, making sure there's no cops around, making sure nobody else can smell it. And it was just a, a stealth operation back in the day, and now it's everywhere. Like you can, like when I walk into my apartment building, it sometimes smells either like. A really bad soup, or B a, a dispensary. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll take the dispensary smell for sure. <laughs> well, thank you for doing what you're doing, man. And uh, please, if you're out there, whether you're a fan of CBD products or not, or maybe you've had. We've all had good and bad experiences with different products in the past, but give this one a shot. If you're listening and uh, just look up Papa Bob's Miracle, Google that stuff and it's going to come right up. Order some. He'll get it to you in a timely fashion. Keep it's it in the refrigerator. What's that? I said it's called Miracle Blend. I don't know if I said that or not. Yeah, the Miracle Blend's the main product. And you've got other yeah. stuff. You've got everything from bath bombs to gummies, which I've yeah. devoured, by the way. They're gone. And I like the doggies too. So yeah, if you got a dog or a cat or a giraffe or whatever, you, the happy tails. Um, and then you've got this salve as well, which is like uh, not not really a pain cream, but explain that one. The the oil of the thieves. Well, the oil of the thieves. Um, you know, I, I added those um, essential oils to it. Uh, you got to look up. I'm not going to get into detail, but just Google um, thieves oil story, and uh, it's about some thieves that stole from uh, plague people that had died and they couldn't figure out why they didn't get sick and the sheriff said well we'll let you off um, if you tell us you know what your secret is and and uh, but uh, there's like uh, five different essential oils in there and and um, you know it uh, it really works good and it helps really too with um, um, it does help with pain, um, wrinkles, uh, different things like that, skin problems, um, and uh, but the the 
yeah, the essential oils is, is really good for for um, different things with your skin. And plus, it, it's a good, uh, it smells absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It smells, I love yeah. that smell. I just, you know, believe yeah, it. That smell really, you don't realize it really. You should make candles that. out of that. Yeah. <laughs> you think of that as just helping your skin, but, uh, you know, aromatherapy is, is very, uh, you know, very good. And, and this mixture uh, really uh, has a lot of benefits. So, Great. Well, thank you for doing what you do, and uh, thanks for all your insight. And as soon as this snowstorm passes the next couple of days, let's reconnect and uh, mm-hmm. look, look forward to giving you a big high five. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all <laughs> thanks, all right. Papa Bob. All right. Take care. Thanks, Brandon. Bye-bye. That was Papa Bob from Papa Bob's Miracle. Again, do yourself a favor. Um, order some stuff. Look it up. Papa Bob's Miracle. Google, Google, Google. That's hard to say three times in a row. And get some. Just get some. Order everything. It's uh, There's no downside to it whatsoever. Um, I fought against uh, CBD products and everything, but... I have a lot of trouble sleeping. I really do. And um, it's, it's helped. It's honestly helped. I I go out, I dream hard, and I wake up feeling just better. And, you know, I got high blood pressure and stuff. And a lot of people don't know that high blood pressure can be a result of lack of sleep or not getting enough oxygen when you're sleeping or whatever, not sleeping hard enough. And I think that, you know, I've tried everything else. I've dieted, I've done everything, and I'm still on this damn blood pressure medication, and it doesn't work half the time. So I'm ingesting all these little pills for almost no freaking reason. Uh, And the only thing I've changed literally in the last couple months is Papa Bob's Miracle. That's the only thing I can attribute it to. And And he's not paying me to say this, by the way. I'm just happened to do some film work for him and happen to believe in his product and he's a great guy as you probably know already. So yeah, get your butt online to the G O O G L E and look up Papa Bob's miracle and buy some stuff. I guess that's my product placement for the day. I don't not sure we're still doing that segment anymore, but uh, it was good to hear his, uh, you know, he's in his seventies I and mean, the guy looks great. He's vibrant and, uh, uh, I, I love being around him. Very infectious person. Uh, and it was good to get his insight about, you know, the cancer culture stuff and it. Um, I'm one of those people, those rare types. I know I'm 47 now, but I um, respect the hell out of my elders because I know what they've been through. I'm a sucker for history. And when I say a sucker for history, I'm just, a, a, I, I can't get enough. Like, I've been like traveling around the country, going to like cemeteries and stuff just to get closer to history in some aspect. And I know it's a little weird, but whatever. I'm weird. Who gives a shit? Um, I'm just, I love being in historical places and, and, and we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. We're going to talk about Los Angeles in a second, but I'm, I, I, I just, I know what they've been through. I know what they've seen and how hard they've worked to make the world that we live in now, for better or worse, to be honest with you. And, I mean, the world's fucked up because of, you know, the people that came before us and the people that came before them and before them and before them and before them. Of course, this place is fucked up. 
but it's also a wonderland. It's also beautiful. It's also incredible because of them as well. So it's a double-edged sword. And I think every generation needs to wear the burden of how do I not leave this place worse than how I found it? That should be everyone's mantra. When you walk into any business, when you walk into anyone's house, when you walk into your house, when you wake up in the morning and you walk into the kitchen, how do I make this kitchen better than it was just a few minutes ago when I walked in? How do I clean something? Do I organize something? Do I replace my Keurig machine or something? You know, it's that's just my mentality all the time. Daily, how do I make this entire freaking world better in a small, tiny, minuscule way? How do, how do I do that? How do I not make it worse? Is my podcast making things better or worse for the however many people are listening? I don't know. I know there's a lot of people that don't agree with me, and that's why I wanted to get his insight and his wisdom about you're talking 70 plus years on the planet, man. Okay. You're talking living through a lot of shit, a lot of hardship. Like he, he used to wake up in the morning before the light came out and bust his ass on a farm. Would my kid be able to even handle that? Would I be able to handle that? Yes, we would be if we were forced to live that lifestyle. But we're not today. Like I said, I was, I didn't even get my kid today because uh, this freaking snowstorm There's two feet of snow out there. My car sucks in the snow and where he lives, there's even more snow. But would, would, would that have stopped Papa Bob a couple feet of snow? Probably not, <laughs> but due to the work and the uh, influence of their generations and to this day, I don't have to because I can work from home you know, and my kid can do school from home, uh, even though it's Sunday. But I'm just saying it's, you know, his video games are at home. He doesn't have to leave the house. I don't ever have to leave the house unless I need groceries or something like that. <sighs> it's, it's a weird. You know, what? I want to. I want to find out what's I have a daughter. Her name is Charlotte. Um, it's a surprise daughter. I found out 22 years after. She was born as she was my daughter, always had a suspicion and that's whatever you can't change the past. So why go crazy? Can I, should I be pissed at it? her mom? Yes, I should be. Should I be, you know, feeling robbed and just completely cause I, I love my son. I've been there since the minute he was born. Like every father should be, I feel guilty and I feel terrible and lonely and sad that I'm not able to get him today. I would have, you know, I was much younger. I'm not, the, you know, you're, you're all of your cells regenerate every seven or eight years. Okay. I'm not even the same person five times over than I was, uh, all those years ago. Would I have been the dad that I am today? I don't know. Um, nobody can ever know that he can't change anything, you know? You can't change the past. So stop trying and stop being upset about things that happened in the past because you can't do a damn thing about it. That's my words of advice for all of you today. You cannot do anything about it. So why let it ruin today? And that's the way I look at Charlotte. She's beautiful. She's funny as hell. 
she looks just like me, which I think I just called myself beautiful, but it's whatever. She does look exactly like me. Um, and you know, <laughs> we, we, we fit together it, when she came out here for a, a solid week, a uh, couple months ago. And it just felt like I've known her since she was born. It really did. And I know that's awkward. I know that's an, an honestly an inaccurate statement because, you know, we're getting to know each other and hanging out and all that stuff, but it was just comfortable and it just felt right. And I can't change the past, but I can definitely make the future as good as I can. I want to know what she thinks about this. She's in her mid twenties and she has a son now, which yes, makes me a grandfather indeed. Um, which is weird, but awesome at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I love it to be honest with you. I have not met him. His name is chance. I, I can't wait to meet him. It's like my, I, I, when I talk about it, I start like kind of just shaking a little bit, like, Oh, just not like in a Parkinson's way, but like, just, just I gotta meet this kid. I want to spoil the crap out of him. And that's coming. That's coming. That's fine. But back to the subject, I, I want to know like the flip side and maybe, you know, like I said, we're, we're quite the same in a lot of ways. Maybe she'll just agree with me and Papa Bob or maybe not. And it doesn't matter. She's entitled to her own opinions, but I want a youthful look at this. I've got the experienced, you know, guy in his seventies. And now I'd like a girl in her twenties because, you know, a lot of people in their seventies are like, Oh, kids don't know what it was like back in the day. Well, you know what? You don't know what the the kids are going through today. And yes, I'm calling you a kid. If you're in your mid twenties, I'm sorry if you don't like that. I didn't like that when I was in my mid twenties, like I'm not a kid. I'm in my twenties. No, you're a kid still. You're a kid until (laughs) you're probably around 40 years old. And then you can go, "I'm, I'm not a kid anymore. I need to get my shit straight. At least that's my own personal experience. But I think I'm going to give her a call and uh, have this exact same conversation with her without the, you know, the CBD stuff. Um, Hmm. Let's see if she's available. Hello, hello, Charlotte. Are you there, darling? Hello. Yes, I am. Good to hear your voice. Um, You are my surprise daughter. (laughs) <laughs> Correct. Uh, that, box. Yeah, it's 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 like someone put you in a bank for a long like time, and then um, like you raised in value, and now I get to you know cash out, I guess. Yep, and here I am. It's the worst metaphor ever. And I'm sorry about. <laughs> Pretty bad, but that's okay. <laughs> it's been a long podcast, but uh, the reason I was calling you is I just got off the phone with. Uh, a guy named Papa Bob, Robert Bremis, he's, he's awesome. He's in his 70s, and he's running a CBD business. And uh, we were talking about kind of modern times, and I'm, I'm kind of in the middle between, like, you know, him and you. And I've got my opinions, and he had his opinions. And I'm like, well, who can I talk to? Like, who who can I talk to about, you know, your your generation, somebody that's going through what you're going through, because the older generations can say these kids don't know nothing. And, you know, my generation could be like, well, you know, I'm kind of like seeing everybody's point, but it's not easy to be, you know, someone in their like mid 20s right now, is it? No, it is definitely not, especially with 
social media and the expectations of society these days, it's it's really hard. Um, this generation and the generation below me is uh, solely based on judgmental appearances. You know, who has the most, who's doing the most, and who appears to be looking good, mostly. So, I, yeah, it's it's hard. Well, we've been talking about cancel culture and stuff like that, which I don't even like saying that term because it's so freaking trendy right now and annoying. Um, and it's it's I, I literally just want to reach through whatever device I'm hearing the words cancel culture and just choke the shit out of whoever's saying it. Uh, is there any point in your opinion to cancel things that are a part of I mean, for better or worse? of history? Honestly, no. Um, I think that every generation is going to go through their thing. And as much as I hate to acknowledge the fact that the next generation is actually getting smarter than the rest of the generations, it is very true. I mean, although everyone is very judgmental, we're actually growing to a really cool part of the world where we have to do less for more. And I, I think it's, actually really cool i don't believe that we should cancel culture at all i think that um yeah i don't i don't think so at all i think that we're growing we're growing into um a different part of history where they're going to look back and learn from our mistakes but we're also going to look forward when you know we're both older and be like you know what this was actually a really good thing for us is it i mean every generation has uh, a downward look towards the generations uh, that come after it. I, I remember, you know, when news, I, I don't remember, but I, I knew that newspapers used to be like the downfall of society, you know, that's, and then television and then radio, radio and then television and then, you know, video games. And then it's in music, of course, is like, I remember being in the eighties when I had my hair ratted out and, you know, big and uh, which probably attracted your mom to be honest with you and um <laughs> it, it no i just remember like you know people looking at me like i was a scourge of society like just because i had torn jeans and a leather jacket on and you know god that music's terrible yes of course 80s music was terrible but it's like beloved and like I, it's in my dna right now so who gives a shit what people think but uh exactly. you know then i looked down at like i was making fun of somebody called the baby earlier like some mumble gangster whatever they call it these days rapper and it's just straight garbage and and i was kind of making a a point of how hypocritical it is that people will cancel dr seuss which i mean and they can't cancel anything it's still there it's just you know they're putting an asterisk by it or something but but they won't like go after the baby and all these like you know this bitch is sucking my butt and whatever fucking rat. I don't listen to it. I just hear like five seconds and get angry and turn it off. But it's, exactly. uh, but, but people don't go after that because it's protected because of whatever. It's protected by their generation. And, you know, I, it's really funny to see that most of the people getting canceled are people that did stuff back in the day that are resurfacing. Like, it's really weird I think that cancel culture is so big right now because people are so offended by the littlest things because they can be because people now listen, especially with social media. You can post anything on social media. I can say something totally obscured and people will believe me because I posted it, you know, and I just, 
and I just think it's crazy. Like, even, like, a bunch of comedians, back in the day, you can talk about, you know, you know, racism or, um, you know, different cultures or hashtag me too's and everyone will laugh about it. But now when you bring that up, even in everyday conversation, people are get so offensive. We're just very, the generation, um, is just very, everyone's offended by something these days. Well, I don't think anybody has the ability to admit that they're either wrong or that there's another entire counterpoint to what they may believe and a lot of that stuff is, I think, stems from religion, stems from uh, politics. Uh, it also and, stems from trusting people that you don't even know, and that's social media too. Oh, absolutely. I, it, it's it's weird that I I I think memes or <laughs> gifs or whatever you call them. I'm starting <laughs> to feel pretty old here. Um, <laughs> like people, like you said, you could post something, and more people will believe that from a complete stranger than they probably would from you know, the NASA website or some kind of scientific, exactly. uh, it, it's, and it's it, screwed up. I, I, how do we fix this? How do you, how, how is your generation going to fix all the messes that mine and the other ones have made? You know, honestly, it's not about fixing. It's just knowing that different generations have different, um, different views, you know, like, I don't like, I honestly, public shaming has been found, like throughout world history and entertainment, you know, like that, that's just part of what it was back in the day. Everyone made fun of everybody and nobody cared, but now we're in a point of life where like, we're starting to realize things that aren't okay. And instead of just being like, you know what, this isn't okay. Talking about it and making sure it doesn't happen again. We're doing the cancel culture where we're canceling people to like make, make a change and make a difference, but we're doing it in the wrong way. Um, so I think that honestly, this generation coming up and the generation after that just needs to figure out, Hey, if you don't like something, you know, let's try to put an end to it, but let's not blame other people because that's the kind of generation or society that they lived in. Now, what, what is it about Pepe Le Pew that people are offended by that? He's just overly aggressive with a female cartoon cat. (laughs) Yeah. it's just crazy. Even like you know, the Scarlet Letter, one of the most favorite or famous novels that have ever, like ever been around, is now being canceled because of you know it's offensive towards women. It's like well, the whole book was that she did that to herself to prove a point, and that's like one of the things that like I just really hate is like you take these people try to make points like that show was meant to be that way if that show you know was offensive back in the day would have never been aired but now it's like people are coming after the little things because like i said earlier they're just offended my generation generation below is offended by everything literally anything and everything and i don't know how to put a stop to that but i hopefully eventually it'll end and there'll be something else going on in the world that is not canceling every person that says the word bitch or you know well think about like family show, guy you know? in south park i love family guy i love south park as you know i love american mm-hmm. dad i love rick and morty i love these cartoons i watch them probably daily and mm-hmm. these things are way worse <laughs> i mean yeah. way worse intentionally way worse and and you know whatever god bless them for it uh because i love that stuff Mm-hmm. But nobody goes after them, and yeah, I mean, maybe and they do, but it's they're not real people. I mean, Pepe Le Pew obviously isn't a real person, but 
I mean, no one really knows who to blame in those situations. And they're funny. You know, they're, they're literally meant to be that way. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they have tried to get canceled, but they shut things down because there's a lot of money in those shows. Well, they're so beloved. It's like, you know, the Bible, when people say, you know, I follow the Bible. Well, well, not that part. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so hypocritical. Like, okay, well, I like that. So we're going to leave that alone. But that, oh my God, that. Like, okay, what do you, it's all in, ah. You and can't... the Bible's not so innocent either, which is also like, oh, you know, geez. when people, religious people are like, you know, I follow the Bible. I'm like, well, from the very beginning of the Bible, things were not perfect. You know, there was a lot wrong at the beginning, and that's why God had to restart. Well, we're in a world right now where we can't just restart. We can't just take back the things that were said and done. Unfortunately, we just have to live through them. So when you live through the Bible, the Bible actually restarts itself. So, you know, what what do you want us to do? Just all die and then try again? Like, that's very unrealistic. I think that's exactly, isn't that what the rapture is? I think yeah. that's exactly what they want and they're getting exactly. the, the crazy ones. And it's funny how the crazy ones are always the loudest. And when you're the loudest, you represent a great portion of your demographic, whatever that is, male, female, orange, purple, green, whatever. So, like, it's it's the freaking, the small little factions, because most of us, we just want to make some money, you know, raise our kids, you know, be happy. Live our lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, don't, we don't care about that. We don't have to partake in your struggle just because you're vocal about it. And I think I think more people need to say that, especially in your generation, say we don't care about your struggle. We don't have to hop on board your uh your crusade against this or against that or for this because we don't care and, and we're, we're allowed not to care. You know what I mean? We're allowed not to care about the struggles of, you know, this guy because he's transgender or something. Okay. That's great. Do you man, do you do whatever the hell we support you, whatever, but I don't have to vocally support you. I don't have to care. I don't have to post something and hashtag you post on my social media is like, Oh, you know, like, transgender lives matter all lives matter you know it's it, we know this you know yeah, like no shit <laughs> like this isn't this isn't back in the day you know like we all know all of our lives matter and i it's just so crazy you know like i feel like sometimes when you support someone and then you're just told not to it's like oh what, yeah absolutely anymore i was um part of some black business thing here in town and i had a ton of friends in there and i was like okay i'll come support you and then when I got there, they were basically kind of shoving me out the door like, hey, you know, you're they didn't say that, but you could feel it. And right. it's like, OK, so I'm supposed to support you, but I'm really not allowed to. And, you know, and it's really funny. I said this at the top of the show when who's behind all of these like race riots and all this stuff, who's behind the Capitol people, you know, uh, insurrection, whatever they're calling it. It's white people that are just guilty or feeling guilty and (laughs) yeah i mean i you know i got friends every color of the freaking rainbow and the ones that care the very least about these issues are usually the people that you know these bored white people are you know on the streets defending Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's so weird and and we're not allowed to say this stuff either Uh, they they say that we're not allowed to i'll say whatever the fuck i want to say but you know, you can't speak up. You can't be quiet. 
You can't be angry about something. Oh, you just don't know. Motherfucker, I do know. You know, I grew up on the streets of fucking Detroit. My mom had it worse than I did. You know, don't tell us we don't know. You know, my daughter's sitting there, a single mom with three jobs. Fucking don't tell me that she has some kind of privilege that you don't just I've been beaten up by the cops before I've been arrested for bullshit. You know, don't tell me that I don't fucking know and then expect me to support you like so it's a it's a double edged sword. Like no matter which way you grab it, you can't be happy. You can't say nothing. You can't say something. Yeah. So you know what that makes me do live in fear, too, because we have to watch everything we say. Yeah, I mean. And a lot of people are like, well, you deserve that. You know, white people have had it made for, you know, 50 years or what. No, it's not. I, I'm not. Vi- had, I'm not them. Wouldn't pay mortgages. We wouldn't live the same exact lifestyle everybody else lives. Exactly. We do the same exact thing, living the same exact lives. We don't get paid more. We don't get paid less. We're not given things in life. You know, we're, like a privilege would be give me free health care because I'm tired of paying with like for it. You know, like we don't have privileges. We're just. You know, like we we are not allowed to have an opinion. Yeah, and I and I get what you know people's struggles are. I get it. You know, mm-hmm. I get the fact that you know minorities are in shitty parts of town, and I get that you know they get less support. And I I, I get all of that shit. I, I understand mm-hmm. it, but it's way better than it was in the fifties, and in twenty years, it's going to be way better than it is now. It's you can't yep. change it overnight. Exactly. You got to let that generation die. You know what I mean? As, as bad as it is to say that, you got a whole freaking asshole generation that had it, you know, in the 50s and 60s and even 70s and 80s that were just, you know, used to being, you know, shitty towards people that didn't have the same amount of skin pigmentation that they did, which makes yeah. no fucking sense to even my generation, for some of my generation, and probably less sense to your generation. And even less sense to your son's generation. You know what I mean? It's right. That that's all program shit. You know, that's, it is. We're programmed Absolutely. to be that way. Like I said, like it's you follow someone and then you're told not to, and you're confused why. Yeah, and if you say you, you know, don't like, care, you're an asshole. You know what I mean? I, exactly. Fine, I'll be an asshole because I don't care about your struggle. You know why? Because I've got my own. Mm-hmm. And call me selfish if you want to. Do you care about my struggle? No. Okay, then shut the fuck up. You know, what right. I mean? like shit. It's like it's not. A, everybody thinks the world revolves around them. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that their struggle is the big struggle. And no, we all individually have struggles. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter what color your skin is or who, what sex you're, you know, having sex with or what you know, cola you drink or cell phone provider you have or whatever your favorite hockey team is. It doesn't matter. It just, none of this shit matters. Honestly. I mean, I've said this a billion times on this podcast. We are a small floating watercolored blue rock in an endless freaking universe and nothing fucking matters in this. Nope. None of it. Yes. We have our little circles and we have our little things that make us happy for the 80 years that we're given. But after that, who gives a shit? We're dead. We're dust. Yeah. We're not, we're, nothing then it, we really don't matter you know <laughs> exactly it doesn't matter <laughs> like your skin color doesn't matter when you're rotting in a grave you know what i mean and it's exactly. and I, and you know people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like well you're white and you don't understand okay you're right i don't and i don't care i don't i don't care anymore i don't you're not allowed to care so <laughs> whatever man you can call me whatever you want to call me again 
I don't care. Don't care. Don't care. I mean, if I see somebody being beaten to death in front of me, I will step in. I don't care what color the cop is. I don't care what color the person being beaten is. I will tackle the cop and say, calm the shit down and probably end up in jail. Whatever. <laughs> but not enough people have these conversations. You know what I mean? Like people are so tight lipped about it. And I got to talk mm-hmm. to my own damn daughter to freaking, you know, have anybody with common sense or any kind of uh, boldness to or balls in general, just to have this conversation in a public exactly. format. It's crazy. I mean, like I said, this this world, this generation is just offended all the time. There's nothing to not be offended about unless you have pure common sense like, hey, I'm going to live my life and my life is going to be my life no matter what. Then you're like, OK, whatever. Like this this world is just very unfair. I mean, this world will never actually be fair, but I just wish like I, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's just a crazy world we live in. Too much going on. And I'm trying to think of how to fix it. I know I said that before, but how do we fix it? Is it just something I think right now it, it may be, I mean, it's only been in the last couple of years and, and people have been kind of locked up for the year. So that means there's a lot of bored people um, just looking for something to attach themselves to. And that's dangerous in a way because bored Americans are just the worst. Like, if, okay, here's the thing. If you've got a you know a good job, a good career, something you love doing, and you spend time with your kids, and you're always going out and traveling and doing fun stuff, and uh, you, you just you know you're living your life. Do you have time to be you know riding on the streets about something that doesn't even connect to you whatsoever? Just something you feel guilty about, or something that made you mad on the news? Do you have time to? cancel a cartoon skunk that was made in 1945 i think people are bored i think people are bored i'm bored and i travel constantly and do shit constantly and i'm like right now i'm just like going, i gotta do something let's call charlotte into this podcast let's do this you know <laughs> i don't have time and it's not that i don't care i mean maybe i'll take that back i don't have time to deal with yeah. your struggle because i'm literally struggling myself so Exactly. Fuck you. I, I, just, I, I just think the words fuck you and shut up should be said so much just as a, a, a sentence ender. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, well, me and me and fuck you. <laughs> just, oh, I don't like that skunk. He's being aggressive with a cartoon. Shut up. Like, shut up. Mm. It's literally a <laughs> I see worse things but, on, you know, Bojack Horseman or whatever than I've ever seen on a Warner Brother ca- cartoon. And um, if they're going to dig into Warner Brothers, holy crap. Like, my favorite thing is the family of three bears. Have you seen that one? I think I have, yeah. The, uh, Where the dad's beating the crap out of the kid and smacking around his wife and shooting them with guns. And it's brutal that I lose you. I think I just lost her. Yeah, it's a bummer. You gotta love technology. Anyway, let me call her back real quick. <laughs> Your call has been forwarded oh, to an automated voice messaging. She must have lost battery, and that's all right. That happens. Anyway, I think we got the point across. Uh, that was my daughter Charlotte. Uh, yeah, surprise daughter. Just found out about her a couple years ago, and I mean, are we not the same person? It's it's crazy. Here's the thing, though. I got somebody in their seventies. I'm, you know, my late 40s. She's in her mid 20s. 
And we all agree. Now, you could say, yeah, because you're all white. You're all basically in the same demographic of thought. I understand that. Uh, You can say whatever the hell you want. But when the hell are we going to realize that we're all individuals and we all have our own opinions and we all have our own struggles and we all have our likes and dislikes. We all have things that we're offended by and we all have. uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting like 500 text messages now (laughs) and it's not her either. It's like it's like my phone just like caught signal or something. I was in the middle of a good rant too, son of a bitch. Anyways, 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 anyways. Just shut up. Shut up and fuck you. That's <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna sell shirts. The Brandon Bishop podcast. Put that on maybe on the back. Maybe a little picture of my dumb face. And the front it's just gonna say shut up and fuck you. I think that's that needs to be the slogan of society, American society from this point on. <laughs> shut up and fuck you. Anyways, let's get into some cool shit. Um, before I tell you what's been going on with a TV, I'm going to play you a song. Yeah, that's right. I'm turning into a radio DJ, Brandon. That's right. It's, uh, 25 past the hour here. Traffic is, uh, moving smooth, moving, moving nice and uh, smooth through the uh, city right now. And, uh, yeah, this, uh, you know, there's two jobs. There's two jobs where you can go, uh, and that makes you better at your job. A pilot for a commercial airliner and then, uh, Rock and roll, radio DJ, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm a fucking idiot. Anyways, uh, here we go. I'm going to play a little song called You Only Live Twice by a man that I got to spend a few days with out in Los Angeles. True honor. I'm a huge fan. And uh, gee, uh, <laughs> I did it again. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, my phone's going crazy now. Oh, Charlotte uh, did text back. My flipping phone died while I was on the charger. Yep. See, there's plenty of things to be angry about without having to dig into somebody else's crusade. Let's let, let's uh, let's all band together and take to the streets and uh, protest phones that die while they're plugged in, even though it's probably operator error. I'm going to play a song by Stephen Piercy called You Only Live Twice. Why? Because it's been stuck in my mind ever since we got back from Los Angeles. We're out there filming a documentary series about Stephen Piercy from Rat. And it's a true honor. It's a lot of fun. And my phone is still blowing up like crazy. I can't turn it off. Can't turn the ringer off. It's coming through the computer. Somehow it's connected. Whenever I get a text message, it beeps on my computer and I can't turn it off. So, just screw life, I guess. I mean, it's all over from here. I mean, how terrible is that? My life just might be over. It's still going. Holy freaking crap. Stop texting me. PayPal, I'm trying to get some shit done here. Okay, so let's get to this song because it's been stuck in my brain. You Only Live Twice from Stephen Piercy.
That's Stephen Piercy's You Only Live Twice. The reason I'm cutting it short, I don't want to, <laughs> but hang on. Now I got to figure out how to do this. Man, my technology skills are just shit. There we go. I'm going to do a nice slow fade. What do you think? Um, <laughs> the reason I'm only playing a little bit of it, I was just going to play the whole song and just embed it into the uh, the damn show. But um, yeah, for some reason, it wouldn't let me. I'm having technology issues <laughs> bad today. Um, but it's a great song. The song's been stuck in my brain f- uh, for weeks now. And it's as good as anything that he did in Rat. It's as good as anything he's done, period. And it's the newer stuff. And I'm not sure when that album came out. Uh, let me see here. When did this album come out? 2018, so just a couple of years ago. And I freaking love, love, love that entire freaking album. And he's got like three solo albums right now that are available on iTunes and all that stuff. So go out there, download that stuff. You don't, you don't, If you got the Apple thing, you don't even have to pay for it. You just pay that little 10 bucks a month, and then you can have all the Stephen Piercy and Rat that you want. But, man, what a surreal week. Uh, you know, we, uh, Heather and I, we pulled into uh, Los Angeles. Pulled in like we drove. No, we flew in. And uh, just, you know, the last time we were out there to film the Bennett's, uh, the first Bennett's episode, uh, it, it wasn't a good trip. I mean, it was a good trip. There was nothing bad about it. It was just, I think we hit all the touristy stuff and realized how gross Los Angeles can be. <sighs> and it just, I don't know, it just wasn't that great of a trip. But this time, it was probably one of the my favorite filming trips I've ever done. Um, not just because we just decided to just have more fun in Los Angeles. And we went to Frank and Sons Toys and Collectibles, which is this huge, like, megaplex of, like, just vendors for toys and Funko Pops and stuff like that. We got to visit the Forest Lawn Cemeteries, both uh, Hollywood and Glendale, and the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. We got to see people like, you know, Ronnie James Dio and Carrie Fisher. And you know, just, you know, like I said, I love, for some reason, being in touch with that kind of history. And, uh, man, I'm talking with my – you can't see this, but my arms are flailing right now trying to explain <laughs> – I'm like a like an Italian grandmother right now trying to you know tell you that dinner's ready like what is going on ah eh, whatever I'm burning calories um but yeah we got to meet Stephen got to go to uh, San Diego to his you know parents house and to the the initial jam houses and uh, then we got to go to the freaking whiskey here here's a little story about me and I, I'm in the wrong decade I should be ten years older and I should have been on the sunset strip back in the early 80s I should have been there that's where I feel like I, I mean <laughs> I, I just should have been there it, just, it feel like I, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and I used to fantasize about hanging out at the rainbow and the troubadour and all these different places and I got to be on the stage at the whiskey for a lot of people they may take that for granted because you know it's a little past the fact right now but it's still an amazing club the history you can't you cancel history no matter how hard you try and i just got to be up there you know it wasn't with a microphone in my hand it was with a camera in my hand so one way or another i lived my dream you know what i mean just like when i was wrestling you know i always wanted to wrestle for wwe and uh i got to live my dream even if it was dressed as a hot dog and getting kicked in the head whatever dude i still did it you know what i mean there's you can put an asterisk next to it if you want to but it, you know fuck you and shut up um, <laughs> I think that's going to be, I told myself I wouldn't cuss as much as I used to on this podcast, uh, just out of respect to you and just to come off as a better, you know, human being and trying to do my part. 
but I think I, that's going to be the slogan for the show. It's just every topic that I talk about that's annoying. I'm just going to be like, fuck you, shut up or shut up and fuck you, whatever, whatever way you tell me which way should that should it be shut up and fuck you or fuck you and shut up. Doesn't matter. Uh, I think it's a great uh, punctuation to any topic that you just don't want to be a part about. It. You don't care enough or you don't have time to be a part of I'm like shut up and fuck you. Like that's that's it. Fuck you. Shut up. Uh, maybe it's just fuck you. Shut up. Fuck you. Comma. Shut up. Exclamation point. I don't even think it needs an exclamation point. Why am I yelling? I'm not yelling. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. Shut up. Fuck you. Blah, blah, blah. I'll let you figure that out. Anyways, uh, great time with Steven, uh, his, him and, uh, Christy, they're just amazing people got to literally, like I said, hang out in his office and his studio and just talk shop and go through old pictures and stuff, play with his cat, play with his dog. Um, yeah, if you told that to a, well, let's see, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old Brandon that, you know, you'd be hanging out in Stephen Piercy's house, uh, filming him, telling his life story, I'd be like, awesome. <laughs> I still say that right now, awesome. Uh, so really cool. But, you know, as a, as a professional businessman, I know I'm putting it out there now, but as a professional businessman, you can't really talk about these things you know <laughs> you can't you know all the wrestlers that i've been filming with uh, a lot of them i you know been fans of and you can't be a fan and when you're doing business you can be friendly you can be a friend by all means but you can't be a total fanboy because i've had fans you know for my bands and for me wrestling and all that and there's nothing worse than letting a f- and i hate to say this too it really is but i get it on my level i mean they're on a different level but i get it you can't let fans be too close fanatical fans of course you know like you know my mom's a fan of mine of course she's my favorite person but you can't have like just you can't uh, it's not healthy to surround yourself with fans it's just not and even like i said at my minuscule level compared to a lot of these people it's um i get it i totally get it (laughs) like it's 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 rude to say it you know but I still get emails from when I was a wrestler, like, hey, hey, Bishop, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Hey, remember that match you did? And I'm like, no, I don't remember that. Like, I got to sneeze. Hang on. <laughs> oh, that was a good one, too. Now that, like, cleared me. That, like, gave me another three hours worth of podcast time. So buckle up, people. <sighs> Anyways, um, so, yeah, L.A. was awesome. Stephen Piercy, Christy, they were amazing freaking people. We had... Heather and I got to eat a lot of food, <laughs> pupusas, and just, oh, I love Los Angeles food, hot chicken sandwiches that weren't that great. Uh, it, it was a good trip. It made up for the last one like 10 times, and, and there's so much other stuff that we did I, I can't even think of. Like, we went to Mission Beach. We went to uh, just all these, you just had a good time. We had a great time in L.A., and it wasn't all the touristy stuff that uh, we did last time. If you do all the touristy stuff, you're going to have the same experience that everybody else has, for better or worse. If you go out there and you just kind of look around, there's plenty of shit to do in Los Angeles that's not on, you know, Hollywood and Vine. Uh, oh, we got to see the Cecil Hotel in the in the slums of Los Angeles. Um, you know, just different things like that. You know, stuff that we wanted to do this time, and it was, uh, you know, me and my business partner and uh, having a damn good time, man. It was just a, a good trip. It was probably one of my favorites easily. And I think big time to uh, Heather again, my director for operations for Asai TV. She's incredible and uh, one of my favorite peoples. 
and I talk to her every day, and I can't wait for the next trip. So, anyway, um, before that, though, before I went to Los Angeles, I was telling you that we crossed the country with Mike Bennett and filmed it for a documentary called I Love This Shit, which is about pro wrestling, uh, from the big leagues down to the independents. And holy crap, man. I mean, holy crap. Not only did Los Angeles make me fall in love with rock and roll again and make me want to be a singer again, same thing happened for pro wrestling with Mike Bennett. I, I was a pro wrestler, as many of you know, for over 20 years. And, you know, I'll say on and off for over 20 years. Man, I left it with a very bad taste in my mouth. And I did never wanted to do it again, especially here in Colorado. But it sucks you back in, man. It sucks you back in like a freaking Dyson vacuum cleaner. Like literally you're, you're hiding like even under the couch and then it sucks you right out. Now my cat's going to meow because I made that noise and she hates it. I think I hate that noise too. Now she's meowing her head off anyway. So you get to hear that in the background now, but wrestling is one of those things you can't retire. You can't quit. I tried. (laughs) And then we started doing the UFO show with Amy Duma. And through that, uh, you know, we got the credibility and we started doing shows with uh, Doc Gallows, Drew Hankinson with, with the Good Brothers show. And then we started doing the Ivelisse show uh, with Ivelisse from AEW. And then we start doing, um, you know, Puppet the Psycho Dwarf. I met him through wrestling. I met Garrett from Lost in America through wrestling. I met so many of these people that I consider brothers and sisters through wrestling. And then we met the Bennett's, Mike and Maria Bennett. Um, you might know them better as Mike Bennett and from Ring of Honor and uh, Maria Canellis from WWE and Mike was in WWE and we don't want to talk too much about that, <laughs> but um, hell, they got paid. You know what I mean? They got paid. They got on national television, whether, no matter what they had doing, what they had them doing. I, I uh, it's it's hard for me. There's another reason I try to get out of wrestling is because I've been a lifelong WWE fan. I've always worn that jersey. It's it's my team. You know, some people can cheer for AEW or New Japan or Ring of Honor or whatever, but I've always been a WWE guy. And just working with all of these incredible people, um, and hearing their like personal stories and encounters has just soured that so much for me. Like, man, how could you? treat Mike and Maria like that. Like these guys are not only did did they have, you know, kids and family and and life to do. And I, I get the entertainment business. I get it. I'm in it. I get it. I'm in it. But why would you get rid of Doc Gallows? Why would you get rid of, you know, there's so many of these awesome people. Why wouldn't you hire Eva Lee? She's one of the best talents period. I don't care if it's female, male, whatever. She's unbelievable. Why would you get rid? Why wouldn't you hire her? Why would you? Ugh, why would you treat people like Amy Duma the way you did when you got when she got you know when she left and retired? Why, why would? Why? 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 So many why questions, and I'm sure there's answers. I'm sure there's different points of view and different perspectives, and uh, it's just I, this is the one that I get. So you know, as a fan for years, and it's like God, I would love to work for WWE. Now it's like you couldn't pay me enough. That's a lie. You could totally. Totally pay me enough. I'd love to work on, you know, the network shows, or I guess that are going to Peacock and all that stuff. But yeah, you could totally pay me enough. But I just, man, I, um, it's, it's always a bummer. And I just spent 10 days with Mike Bennett. Uh, like I was saying, crossing the country. We started in Chicago, went down to Dallas, went to Oklahoma city, went to 
Iowa and Missouri and back here to Colorado. And then he went home to kiss his wife and kids. And I was here kissing my cat, being ignored by my kid for video games. <sighs> but instead of me talking all about it, uh, let's get him on the horn, man. Let's see what he's doing. What are you doing, Michael? Hello. Hey, what's happening now? You're on the world-renowned Brandon Bishop podcast, Mike Bennett. How's your day? It is lovely. I just put my video game on pause. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Um, <laughs> should, wait, you're a pro wrestler. Shouldn't you be out there with a handgun and uh, doing drugs in the back? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we do now. That's, oh. uh, we've, we've replaced all the bad things with video games, and apparently we're not. We're not real men anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> what, are you, what are you currently doing? Where are you at? Uh, I'm, I'm able to do a uh, interview with you, so the kids aren't near you. No, no, I am. I am actually kid free. I am in Baltimore. Um, I am at a hotel in quarantine because uh, Ring of Honor is filming their TV tapings for the next month or so. So they quarantine us for a certain amount of time, test us, and then we go and we film in front of nobody so i'm currently in a bubble they call it the ring of honor bubble i'm on lockdown until friday and that's when you record i take it and then you uh what are you doing like two three weeks at a time or or yeah, so are we, we killing the magic by saying that yeah i know i think everyone knows at this point uh we've made a uh, blade i mean we're at the point where we're hashtagging roh bubble and they're like so everyone knows we do this these filmings especially because of COVID and everything. Uh, but I think we're doing uh, maybe six weeks, six, it's either six or eight weeks worth of TV. It's two sets of tapings uh, and it's either six or eight weeks worth of TV. I'm not sure, but yeah, we, we bust out a whole bunch. It's all because of COVID. Well, what's that? I, I don't know what COVID is. I haven't heard. No, of yeah. That. No one knows what COVID I'm is. I'm trying to put it behind me, Mike. Okay. I'm trying. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> it's almost time. It's, it's almost, almost time. there. There's there a, is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. And it's almost, it's, it's, it's minute, but it's, it's going to be blinding soon. And then we're all forgetting. I feel about. like that light has been there for like the last month. And I feel like we're just inching closer, but it's not going as quick as I'd like it to. As, as anything would, you know. It's, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Uh, well, we have uh, the Bennett's show with you and Maria and Freddie Moon and Carver and the Doggos. And uh, I love filming that show, but we got to do a little extra curriculum filming uh, a couple weeks ago. We did. And that's why I'm calling, because this thing is getting ready to fire out of uh, the editing station here pretty soon. And I believe it's going to be on... Uh, not only a side TV, which you can get right now for only $5, 17 cents a day on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and at AsaiTV.com. Um, I have to do that every time. Maybe, Very nice. Maybe somebody will, you know, subscribe. Just That sounded like, have you seen that Uber Eats commercial with uh, Wayne uh, with Wayne's World where they just plug in the city that they're going? They're like, tonight I had quesadillas from <laughs> Boston, Massachusetts, and they were delicious. Oh. That's what it, that, I think you plug that in. I think you just hit a button and it plays that every time. You know, if you know people that need voice work, you know, send them my way, man. <laughs> send them my way. I've, I've got that thing, you know, that, that, that. I will. I will. I got that late night. Uh, I talked about it at the beginning of the show. I got that late night disc jockey from the late 70s playing, uh, you yeah, know. You're playing cool classics right now. Adult contemporary soft rock. Yeah. It's yeah. Yacht. It's, Maybe I can get a job at Sirius for Yacht Rock. I love Yacht Rock. <laughs> Is that a thing? It's a thing, man. You don't know about Yacht, Yacht Rock? Rock. 
seems uh, Yacht Rock sounds like it's above my pay grade. I think it's, it's above your age grade, I think, honestly. Yeah, I it's, think it's out of my, it might be out of my tax bracket. Like, tonight we're going to listen to a three, a three in a row from Cat Stevens, you know? I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm in, man. I think that's, you know, screw you all this it. TV I shit. I think so. But we, uh, I met you up in Chicago. I watched you kiss the wife and kids goodbye. And then what happened? Uh, that was it. No, uh, then uh, we... <laughs> drove to what i thought was going to be warm texas and uh it was not but the reason why we drove to not warm texas was because we started on my i miss wrestling tour slash i love this shit tour which uh was basically me trying to get in as many independent uh, wrestling promotion shows slash seminars as i could um in like almost a two-week time span so it was me hitting uh little independent like schools and shows in texas and oklahoma city and iowa in kansas city and then finishing out in uh denver colorado so it was my chance to uh you know reconnect with the industry that i feel like i kind of uh got disconnected from the last three years um and it was just, it was, it, plus I've been stuck inside because of COVID and I feel like it's just, I needed something to reignite the fire, uh, the love for professional wrestling. So I went on this tour and filmed the whole thing and, uh, I think it's, I think it's going to be awesome. It was a, the, just because the trip was awesome. So, I already, I mean, I already know it's captured. awesome. I already yeah, know it's awesome. I'm, awesome. I'm still waiting yeah. on one little clip <laughs> and then okay, it's okay. It'll happen. done. It's coming your way. I, I just need you to love your kids for five minutes, okay? Just, yes. That's all I need from you, Mike. <laughs> yes. What you need is it is you need it, it filmed. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, I spend I spend twenty four hours with my kids nonstop, so it's just it's the filming part that I'm very bad at. I, I totally understand, um, but it's going to be on a side TV, possibly fight TV, uh, maybe high spots as well. So it's going to be out there. It's going to be available, and uh, it's a, a two hour documentary, man. I hope people want to see my face for two hours. I I, I do too. Uh, they don't have a choice I mean, after you they. You saw it for like ten days straight. So what sounds better, a two-hour documentary or 120 minutes? 120 minutes. Okay, we'll say that. Yeah, I think two hour, two hours sounds like a commitment. 120 minutes sounds like a, a a good a good documentary. Wasn't that an old alternative music video thing on MTV back in the day? Like at one o'clock in the morning, 120 minutes would come on. I think so. Yes. Did they have music on MTV when you were a kid? Like, <laughs> uh, so what I remember mostly. So I didn't really watch MTV when I was like before I was probably preteen, teenage. Uh, but when I was watching, that's when TRL was big. So it was cool. Oh, well, TRL. Who's that? Carson yeah, you know, Daly. What, what? Carson Daly. What the hell are we talking about right now? <laughs> the top ten. That was my. It was always like Britney Spears in sync, all in the all number one music videos. Occasionally, a rap video would would uh, would poke up in there, but uh, yeah, that was what I remember mostly from MTV. And then it started turning into a reality TV show. No, absolutely, it's it's awful now. I can't even watch it. Um, I'm, I'm Beavis and Butthead's coming back, but it's going to be on Comedy Central, which makes me so happy. Because yeah, I don't think I don't... it should be on MTV. Have you seen? There, there's like a. Uh, a picture that's going around online of like the uh, lineup of what MTV is, and it's literally all that show ridiculousness. <laughs> it's like twenty four hours, which I don't mind because I find I'm I'm a child and I find those videos funny. So sometimes, like late at night after a show, 
if I just want to unwind, I, I will just put on MTV knowing I can find that show. Maria hates it, but I love it. I have to agree with Maria on this one. I just, <laughs> I don't, that, there's that girl with the bad laugh. There's just... So, so I'm not... I don't like the... Uh, I actually, I think Rob Deering is cool. I, I don't... I'm not a big fan of the other two. And I don't watch it for their their commentary. I watch it more so because watching people fall down is... Oh yeah, I love seeing anybody getting kicked on the nuts, but you can just go to Johnny Knox. You can go to Johnny Knoxville's. Yeah, you can go to Johnny Knoxville's Instagram page and just watch that all day. You know, it's uh, right. Yeah, no, and I will. But back to this trip. Uh, like I said, I met you in Chicago. Uh, we headed down to Dallas the next day. There was a stop that we made almost immediately. Uh, as soon as it turned dark, the sun went down, Michael, and then the glowing neon sign for miles. <laughs> displayed exactly what it uh it displayed uranus missouri <laughs> you're glowing uranus it, the, it we made a pit stop because had to was it was it me or you that spotted the sign? it was you you were you were was spotting it? everything i was trying That's to find right. signs and film yeah. them and could not I, uh, and i saw a sign that said uranus fudge factory and me being the uh, very mature adult that I am, just <laughs> said, let's drive by it, don't stop at all. We were and like giggling good. teenagers when we saw those signs. Well, because the signs kept getting progressively better. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought it was just amazing that it said uh, Uranus Fudge Factory. I was like, that's a great name. That person has a great sense of humor. And then the tagline. But then the next sign, like five miles down the road, said Uranus Fudge Factory again with their quote, the best fudge comes from Uranus. And that's when I was like, we have to stop there. There's no way I'm turning this down. As a 35-year-old man with two kids, I cannot, in good conscience, turn this down. Oh, hell, add 12 years, and I'm in the same boat with you, brother. It's the, uh, My favorite part of that was when you were actually uh, FaceTiming Maria. <laughs> she left it. And getting in all the puns possible. Yes, and, and she I just think, I think she hung up on me, didn't I, she? I, she may have. She was not yeah. I, I, I like the time or the or the next time. I like to I think she that. laughed after she hung up on you. No, she still doesn't think it's funny. <laughs> she still hates me for it. But the place exceeding my expectations. Oh, we both got T shirts. I have a metal yeah. sign in my bathroom. Right. I mean it's uh yeah, the best fudge and, and it fudge was good. Very good. It was good. Yes, I gave it to I gave my Uranus fudge to Maria. Uh, she got a kick out of it. Well, we had hey. we hit. Uh, I think we stayed the night in Springfield, Missouri, and then we hit Dallas in the morning, and uh, we crawled up to our first actual wrestling event. Uh, not just us being dorks driving all over the country, but our actual. Uranus. You know, yeah, we got to Dallas and we pulled up to the Legal Draft Beer Company. We did. And that's where the wrestling show was, next to yeah. all the big beer, uh, what do you call those things, where they, they make beer in there? It's a brewery, right? I don't know yeah. what, they, uh, what they call the, the yeah, I, I know what you're saying. The big brewing they, silver things. Yeah, yeah, the big tanks. And all. That's where the ring was. You yes. literally had to walk through four of them to get to the ring, and that's where the entrance yes. was. Yes. I mean, how cool was that? <laughs> So it was actually, it was a first, it was definitely a first, that was the first time I've ever wrestled uh, at a brewery, I wrestled at bars before, which that place was a bar, uh, half bar, half brewery, um, but I've never actually wrestled in the brewery, so it was cool, it just, I'm not a big fan of the smell of beer, especially beer that feels, smells like it's been on the floor, um, 
So I never liked the smell, but that's some people love it. That's some people's cup of tea. But the building itself was awesome. The place was awesome. Um, and the promotion was – that was a really good way to kick it off. The people at the building that owned the beer, the, the beer company were so nice and so accommodating, um, which you don't often see in, like, people that run venues like that, especially when wrestling's there. But they were super, super cool. Um, and then the promotion, Pele Pro, was top-notch. And then the guy I wrestled, Cam, Cam Cole, was awesome. So that was – we really started on a high note. The next day, we actually had a – a day off from wrestling stuff, but I like yes. to fill it with fun stuff. We went and bought some Funko Pops in Plano, Texas. And then we uh, went yes. to a little place in Wichita Falls, Texas, where I lived for like a long time. Um, and I managed personally to erase all the negativity <laughs> that I've had from living there. It's just a bad memories there. And it's uh, very therapeutic for you. It, you know, it, it's funny what little things can do, you know. So, like, now I can say the last time I was in Wichita Falls, Texas, I had a great time at the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, which was closed, and they opened it up just for us. Yes. And uh, holy crap. Another place that exceeded my expectations. It was, uh, um, it's not like this giant place, but it was bigger than I expected. Um, And they just have uh, everything. And, like, not even just, like, oh, well, guys that were, like, top, top guys. They have everything. You can find like independent promotions, you can find uh, international promotions, you can find top promotions, but just you can find like a lot of uh, uh, Texas wrestling history. It's just, it's just, a, if you're a fan, it's just a really cool place to be. And now there's a, what did I put in there? Eight by ten, an action figure, an eight by ten of mine is now there, which is really cool to me. Which you can put next to your sexy 19 year old maria picture i think she was that yeah she's uh, 19 or 20 i showed her that clip from when i'm doing the thumbs up that she rolled her eyes at me. that's her job though you know she has to exactly she has to keep I, you in check acted any other way i'd be concerned right okay so uh the next day i think we stayed in we stayed in oklahoma city that night and the weather and, and you gotta people that are listening you have to realize this is during that whole thing like we had yeah. good weather from Chicago or from uh, actually, yeah, from Chicago where we actually stopped at pro wrestling tees and everything. It was a little snowy, whatever, but the roads were clean all the way down to Dallas. But then the next day is when it really kind of started hitting. And when we got to Oklahoma city, the room wasn't ready. Um, you know, it was like, uh, it was, it was a mess. It was like, a like you said during the whole thing, it was a roller coaster, right? We went up, had a great little thing. We kind of go, uh, there was really no down. It was just a little no. minor inconveniences, but no, because there's only a down if you expect something. And I think we knew what to expect on this trip. I think we knew that there were going to be, uh, peaks and valleys and not even valleys, but just, I think we knew that we we're hitting the independence, uh, during a pandemic, uh, and this is what it's going to be like. So I think it's just, uh, I think when we, we had an idea what to expect, it, 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 it doesn't, there's no downs really. So we, we couldn't find the venue in Oklahoma city for all-star pro wrestling. Um, we, we couldn't find it because it was in a strip mall with no signage. It was between a buy for less and a Chinese food restaurant and, uh, and a church. And a church yeah. And, and a thrift shop. <laughs> yes. Oh, and it wasn't any of those places. We're like, is Mike going to be wrestling in the back of a thrift shop? Like next I had to all these. No idea. I thought the show was going to be outside in the middle of the blizzard. It could. It could have been, but um, yeah. But you know, if we're looking for silver linings at all, great people. My yeah. buddy, I've known Drew for over. I, I was. 
I gave him his first chop line. You know, uh, he goes by right. Gideon Vane now, but you got yeah. to see Fuego Del Sol, who's doing great things yeah. in AEW. I haven't seen him since before I got signed to WWE, so that was, uh, and I got to wrestle him or be on his team, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was, so an, that was cool. We got to do a little bit of a seminar, which, uh, I mean, everyone that listens to this knows that I was a pro wrestler for a long time, and it, I haven't touched a ring for the most part in a long time. So it felt really right. good to get back in there and, and, uh, and work with you. I thought we had a nice little Laura and Hardy type, uh, tag team there for doing seminars and that's yeah, where it started. Seminar thing going. Yeah. We, we could talk more about that in the actual seminars. This was only like five people, but the show went off well. And I mean, Holy crap. Yes. There was only 14 people in the crowd, which if you're a promoter on a, a nice day, you know what I mean? With a lot of promotion and you're bringing in Mike Bennett would be horrifying. But during five feet of snow or 20 feet of snow, whatever it was, uh, that's crazy that they showed up. During a pandemic. During a pandemic. Yeah, it's crazy that they showed up. I'm like 14 yeah. people. 14. And, and these are people that none of us, either one of us would get along with very well in real life. But I, I love them uh, for showing up great. and braving the storm. There was That was... Um... You know, it's funny, we talked about peaks and valleys, but like, uh, it, it just, that was one of my favorite moments of the whole trip because it was just like, I don't know, it just the whole atmosphere of like, wow, people do this just because they love it. Just they absolutely love it because you have to. Um, and it's like, it was one of those moments where I thought to myself how different the wrestling industry is going to be moving forward because it. In, when I first started, 14 people meant 14 people saw you and that was it. Um, but then there were 14 people there. But after that night, I ended up putting up a clip online of my entrance from that show and saying thank you to the 14 people that showed up and blah, blah, blah. And it got almost like eighty to 90,000 views on Twitter. Nice. Which is – so I sit there and I'm like – the wrestling industry is entirely different now. It doesn't matter how many people are in the crowd. And you, it kind of gives you a, a new mindset of how you have to perform because you almost always have to be on. I mean, you being a wrestler, you understand, like, back in the day, you used to be like, oh, there's there's nobody out there. Let's go take it easy tonight, brother. I don't think it's that way anymore. I don't think it can be that way. Like you said many times on this tour, everyone has a camera in their pocket now. And, and, yeah, and all of these promotions did live streams, so uh, look right. them up. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's a crazy, it's a it's all it's a whole new world. It, it really is. is. <laughs> okay, for Oklahoma City, we stayed in Oklahoma City by the orders of Maria Canellis Bennett. <laughs> she, she did demand that we not drive to Iowa that night. Yes, because we couldn't even see the difference between curbs and roads and any of that no. shit. And I hit a, I hit a curb. Yeah. Is, is this grass? Are we, uh, <laughs> I believe your, I believe your exact words were, what are you doing? That's grass. <laughs> no, we're fine. <laughs> and aren't those the greatest moments of like, yes. I mean, yes, the shows are great. The seminars were great, but all that little stuff in the between, you know, and we actually have a behind the scenes thing I actually filmed besides the documentary, which is also like an hour and a half. And I did, yes. I did it all on my phone. So it's, it's, it's very raw. It's very whatever. And that'll come out shortly after the documentary. But um, after that, we uh, woke up in the morning, headed down. And keep in mind, this entire trip was in negative degree weather, sometimes up to like 14 negative degrees. Yeah, that's the thing about that week. It wasn't only bad weather in Texas, but even where the weather was not snowy or storming, it was negative below every it was it was miserable. 
there was like literally if you guys watch the data documentary i think the most common phrase is in the car okay like it's just constant just gritting of teeth there's very few times in my life i'm thankful to be you know chubby <laughs> when it's that i am like oh i got a blanket on me brother it's good man you can take that ice sculpture of a body of yours and uh you know hold on to that for a week or two ribs on me yeah right <laughs> uh we what did you expect going into uh collins iowa for impact pro wrestling so i again not not knowing what to expect uh, because it's it just, I think this was a moment too. This was another moment where I went, my God, there's just so much talent out here and going to Collins, Iowa, like, what is that? It's in the middle of nowhere. Well, so what I was did, the population again? 400. It was like 400 something, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's like, it's, it's one of the, it, it felt like, I mean, we didn't drive through the whole thing, but one of those like one stoplight towns. I didn't you know, see a stoplight. Where, yeah, no, so maybe zero stoplights. Uh, and then it ended up being in this tiny building with a skate park above it. A s- indoor skate park about the size of my apartment. Yeah. Which I is just weird. By that too. We didn't I go check that out, did we? we I, I wanted no, to check that out and film that, but we forgot. I, I already thought it was weird that there was a skate park on the second floor, let alone in the size of that building. And then underneath it, a, a small but... I mean, a wrestling arena, there's a ring in there. There's room for about 50, 60 fans right. and, and a training center. And then there's a whole backstage area and bathrooms and everything. And yeah, it's this little, like it was a health center or something. Wasn't it like, a, like it, a, yeah, it was, it, it was literally the epitome of a hole in the wall. And I, and I mean that in the most endearing term because of like, you know, what ended up coming out of that school, like just being blown away by the talent, but it was, it was a hole in the wall. And not just their level of talent, but how many were there? Yes. If you watch that match, it sounds like you're in a freaking arena because they're right. The wrestlers and the trainee trainers were the crowd, you know, during right. all the other matches and it was an online thing. So they would do a countdown and then, you know, three, two, one wrestle basically. And, right. uh, but you know, everybody went out into the crowd and it was just loud. And like, they were just, I mean, some of the, I, I, I want to wrestle there. I do. I want to go there often and, you know, do, yeah. do more there. I, I probably may, may never will, but I want to, you know, it, it was just a really, and, and that, that building was cool because of how loud it felt. It had very good acoustics. Like, I mean, there were a lot of people and then it sounded like it reminded me like an old NWA TV studio taping. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was really just a really cool place. The promoters, the trainers, the trainees, the the other wrestlers there. The guy that you worked was real good, AJ Smooth. Yeah. AJ um, Smooth, yeah. I have no complaints about that stop except for the negative. I think we were at negative four at that point, so it was a heat wave. Negative four. We were, but we were near Adventureland, so all was well with the. World. Yeah, we went to Adventureland. I still don't know what it is. I had no idea. That's where we the hotel was in Adventureland, yeah. and there we were. And then we woke up the next morning, and then we headed off to. Raytown, Missouri, which is on the outskirts of Kansas City. And there we are again. We did another seminar. And uh, let's talk about the two seminars or the or those two seminars between Iowa and uh, Missouri. Um, that really uh, I, I know this is the uh, the Mike Bennett. I love this shit documentary. And that's what you'll see on the documentary. But in the background, there was a camera guy who wrestled for 20 plus years. And I, again, fell in love with it as well. 
And uh, I want to thank you for that, actually, because I never expected that. I didn't expect that at all. I expected to carry a camera around, follow Mike around. I did not expect to have as much fun as we had and, and just to completely fall in love with independent wrestling again. So, I almost, uh, there's a part of me that wishes we captured that, too, because that in itself was a fun story. Uh, we kind of did on the behind-the-scenes thing. I said a That's few true. things. Yeah, no, I just that, that, was, uh, that was cool for me because, like, we were both kind of, you unknowingly on a mission to fall in love with wrestling again and me on a purpose. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, there's, a, there's a certain something to being, uh, I, I would, what's the word? I don't want to say solidified. Maybe just, you know, all those years I did it to actually mean something. You know what I mean? It's, Cause I kind of right. quit. Like I didn't want to do it anymore. I just, I was unhappy. I got really tired of the Colorado wrestling scene. It was all just drama and bullshit and assholes. And then when you go places like, you know, Collins, Iowa, and even Raytown, and just even uh, Oklahoma City, and and believe it or not, Denver, which we're going to get to in a second, I just, uh, I couldn't believe how welcoming, and it could have been the fact that you were there, you know, and I was kind of, you know, your toady and whatever, that's that's fine by me. Um, But I I just... uh, I don't know. I, I like the dichotomy that we had and it just kind of uh, legitimized like, you know, something I did for yeah. t- 20 years. You know what I mean? That's right. It's, a, it's a, a big part of your life. And I think sometimes when we uh, and again, this is kind of a reason why I went on this. So like, I feel like when we we get to a point in doing something that we love, but we start to not like it. Um, I think that hurts our soul. It hurt. I mean, I just I remember how it hurt me being at WWE and being like, I don't like this anymore. Um, and I think for you, like, I can't speak for you, but if you, if you leave something that you love and you didn't, it didn't really go the way you wanted it to, you're always like, well, what if, and I think kind of going back, you were like, all right, those 20 years were worth it. Everything was worth it because you do still love it. Well, I still get to this day, some of those students emailing me and texting me or Facebook messaging or whatever. And, uh, just saying, thank you. We had a great time, you know, and like, and that. I'm like, well, you know, yeah, yeah, Mike's a good trainer and all that. And they're like, no, we had a good time with you too. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's shit, I kept thanks. saying that to Maria. I, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll reveal this on your, uh, Oh, you don't have to put your, me over. I'm your, just saying your podcast. No, I want to, cause Maria can test it. Can, uh, reiterate what I said here, but it was, uh, I think it was right before Denver show. We were talking about it and I went, you know, I said, I didn't know because I didn't know your, your career or anything. Uh, I was like, Brandon's really fucking good, and he knows what he's talking about. I said, he, he, he gets it. He gets it like every like the guys in the majors get it. Uh, he, he gets it. Um, and she'll tell you I said that. And it was, uh, I just, yeah. I appreciate that. that. I do. No, it's true, but. man. I, I, I was one of those moments where I was like, because, you know, we met at, at Gallows' thing, and like, then you held, we started filming our show and like we would talk wrestling, but we never really got into wrestling. You know, people talk wrestling all the time. But then when you start to talk, talk wrestling, you understand what people who understands the industry and who doesn't. And like once we did that first seminar, I was like, yep, he, he gets it. He gets, not that I'm the, the go to on who gets it. But like, well, uh, you are, though. I mean, you've done a lot. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say you've right. done everything, but you've done a lot. And uh, right. for, for you to so say that, me, it, it was like. I was like, oh, that, that guy, that guy totally gets it. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. No, I appreciate that, man. Again, that legitimizes something I did for a long time and I right. love to this day. I still love it. And it makes yes. me honestly, the next time, and we're planning on doing this again, I hope, 
Um, we are, yeah. I already have reached out to a couple East Coast promotions, too, that want to... Well, I've got the whole West Coast booked for you, brother, so... <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be doing the cross-country again. This Volume time. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Um, yeah, exactly. Maybe but, we can bring some, uh, a, a, like, another wrestler this time. Me and Maria were discussing that. Maybe it's a... Maybe someone else goes on the trip, too. Maybe it's Maria. We, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> we'll have to she would hate it. They, <laughs> yeah, she would. She, yeah, she would just. I can tell you now. That's a no. <laughs> well, let's bring Freddie Moon then. She's. Yeah, she'll love it. She'll sell tickets. Um, yeah. So we uh, got done, and we're heading into uh, Raytown, Missouri. Like I said, let me get back on track, and uh, so I don't keep you all because I know you got so much going on in the bubble. It does. No, yeah. I just. I got my video game in front of me. There you go. Uh, so Raytown was. We walk in. It's next to a bar that made the whole place stink like cigarettes. <laughs> Which put honestly, it puts me in a bad mood. Cigarettes piss me off. Like the smell of them just instantly puts me in a bad mood. They've killed half of my family. You know, I'm just like, oh, I hate that smell so much. And I walk in and it kind of put me off a little bit. But again, just a a group of just great guys and girls. And, you know, we call them kids because we've been around and we're older, but just uh, awesome, awesome people. And uh, the promoters were cool. And the, the setup was Again, in a strip mall next to a buy for less, but it's uh, it was fun. Yeah, and I think again, like the setup. That's uh, that's what I expected. I came up on the indies. I know what these schools look like. Um, I, I've like this has been my entire adult life. So like going into it, uh, it was never like, oh my god, what's this place? It was like, yep, it was like, yep, home. I mean, that's where I trained. That's what I did. That's what my my high school years were like. We're going to places like that. So, um, and then it was cool to see people that reminded me of myself. Of, uh, there were we had some students that were still in high school, and then other students that were in their mid to late thirties asking me if it was you know too old or if they should worry about their age. And like, but they all had that same hunger and passion that like I had when I was that age or just that new in the industry. And, um, and they were all very talented or had the potential to be talented, which again, blew me away. I kept saying to a lot of the, like the people, I was like, I'm waiting for someone to suck. So like you can see, okay, this, this industry is not for them maybe or blah, blah, blah. But no, everyone had potential or was actually really good. That was really the only place that one person had a shitty attitude. But other than that, I'm not, and we don't put that in the, in the documentary for the most part. And it's, right. you know, he shall go nameless, but Let's just hope he doesn't murder his family someday trying to, you know, um, yes. <laughs> but no, we'll keep that between us. Uh, so we leave Kansas City and then uh, we have another day off uh, to travel all the way across Kansas. I think I slept for most of that because that's the best thing you can do Yeah, in Kansas is sleep. Though we did stop at the Amish uh, uh, Amish market, whatever it is, supermarket, which is, ended up being a big gift shop. Uh, but that was nice. I like that. I got me some cheese. We did hit. What did we hit? Um, we did hit somewhere for beef jerky that they got. The oh, that, got that, that was too. in uh, that was in Wichita Falls, Texas, before we got to oh, the Hall okay. of Fame. I'm Texas I'm best forgot. beef jerky. Worth a mention, though. I love that stuff. Yeah, it's, that's long gone too. By the way, it's not. And then the, the big corporation stole his name and set up yeah. the big. Uh, I've been getting area up the road. I've been getting Texas best beef jerky for twenty years, and. Like, I love that place. The turkey jerky is, like, literally to just keel over and die for. But some right. guy down the street, like, just stole the name or something. I guess he didn't have his 
you know, I's dotted and T's crossed. And they made some little mega commercial gas station type thing down there. And we, I thought that was it. I'm like, damn, they blew up. But then I go down to see a little more and nope. There's the original little shack on the side of the road. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of the worst though, we're traveling across Kansas city. That's (laughs) the most boring trip ever. Came to my house. I think I made you some tacos or something. I don't know. You got to meet my cat and my kid. Uh, a date. It was wonderful. Lovely little mandate. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we've met each other's children now, so it's getting serious. Idiot. And then uh, Denver. We did a seminar on a Friday and a show on a Saturday. Yeah. And Denver was crazy, too. What a, what a great explanation point, though. I mean, and yeah. here's here's the thing, too. And I'll be completely front and honest with you, just like I was in, in, in the Dodge that we were driving around in. <laughs> I don't like colorado wrestling anymore i don't like i have a lot of friends that are still in it as as you saw but i don't like the way that i ended my career in colorado and the way that i was treated in colorado by some of those people that were there right but that was a long time ago in a galaxy far far away apparently and you know time heals all and i have no ill will whatsoever but i had like a sneaking suspicion that you know this may get kind of stupid maybe yeah, but it didn't. It didn't at all. Like uh, Matt Yaden up there, who uh, I consider a friend now. Uh, he was nothing but open and, and courteous and hospitality and all that stuff. And uh, I think it was the, a great way to uh, end the trip. But uh, talk about that seminar. Yeah, it was uh, first. I think it was our biggest one of the whole trip. Easily, it was, like it was twice 40. the size of the next biggest one. It was crazy. Yeah, I think there was like forty people that showed up. Um, and again, it was just, it was one of those seminars. I, I thought it was really cool because uh, a lot of the seminars we started talking about promos and we told people about, uh, oh you know, how to, how to connect with themselves emotionally and stuff like that. We opened and Pandora's like, box, dude. We, we really did. And <laughs> like, you know, as someone, as someone like me, who's a recovering drug addict and understands like depression and anxiety, I, it was almost, I felt like it was a cool moment because I was like, this is therapeutic for them, but I also feel like I'm, I'm teaching, it's a teachable moment in wrestling. Uh, because everyone, when I, when, when we said that, uh, everyone started getting really personal and there was like a bunch of people that started to break down and cry in their promos and like, um, so it was a, it was a cool moment in this in, in in that sense, like I was talking about. But again, it was another group of guys and girls that were just insanely talented. Um, and like their trainers met some one of their trainers, and he was had only been doing it three years, and he had the skills of like I felt he had the the instincts and skills of like a ten year veteran. Um, his girl a, too. A, a, his girl too. Yeah, she, his that's girl, the first his, one I saw, not just because she was you know, insanely attractive. That that had nothing to do with it. I just saw her personality, like just shine. And then I'm like, God, she's good in the ring. Then, you know, you got to give her number to Maria or something for ring of honor or whatever. And she did. She was, she was a ring general in there. It was crazy. Right. Yeah. And and she did great. Um, And like, and then we met a guy that was like uh, five, five days, five days. Um, How he cut a promo that was legitimately the best promo of the whole, uh, the whole trip. It wasn't a promo though. It was, it was like his life story. His parents died of COVID recently. You know, he was a, what was he? A male cheerleader or something like that? Or a gymnastics guy? Right. And he looked like a billion dollars. He talked like a billion dollars. If he could, use that emotion that he's got and, and carry on and learn the, you know, learn the basics 
Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. He was, he just, and then he was super smooth in the ring for a guy who'd been five days in. Um, it, he just blew me that whole, but the, the whole place, the school was in a, uh, like a state of the art performance center. Um, and it just, it was just, it was top notch. It was a great way to end, uh, uh, the entire trip. It was really cool. And, and then, then you they put on a great show on Saturday. Yeah. I was going to say, and then you wrestled two matches the next day in the altitude. How was that? Yeah. And so that first match was brutal. I like that. I don't know. The match itself was, was fantastic. I loved it, but just, I felt like I was, I was dying. I was gasping for air because <laughs> of the altitude. Uh, but it, it was, it was just such a cool experience. It was, they had a, not only do they have the good school, but they have these weekly or, or monthly shows that they air on Twitch. And, um, it gives the guys TV time and to understand TV time, which is not, not a lot of things, uh, promotions do or, or teach it well, uh, or schools teach because, um, it's, it's important. And I, especially nowadays, like we were just talking about where the industry is going and so much of it is going to go digital that you do need to understand how to play to a camera, uh, and not just how to play to a TV camera now, how to play to a cell phone camera, how to, cause a lot of these places are airing their shows on Twitch or on, on stuff like that on social media apps. So you have to know how to, uh, highlight that too. And I felt like this school was giving those students that opportunity, which, uh, was was really cool and again super talented and that's one thing that i saw uh being a production guy myself and you know camera person whatever you want to call me um like the first show they had some cameras they had a decent little production in texas and in oklahoma they everybody shot with their cell phones right and then in um iowa they had the same cameras that my kid has on his computer the little webcams And uh, and then back to cell phones, you know, filming with cell phones in, in Missouri. And then, you know, you get to Denver and they got a full production going on there with, you know, 16 different production people and boards and yeah. lighting and all. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, uh, they, and it looked great. They, a good thing. they yeah, turned that gym really into cool. a freaking wrestling arena. It was insane. Yeah. It's like a baseball uh, a baseball training facility, but they turned it in. They have a spot for the wrestling and then they turn the whole building into a cool little arena and everything was social distance. There's like 30 people in the crowd, um, you know, which whatever, it still made it cool. Uh, but everyone was social distance and everyone had mask rules and it was just a cool little, uh, they did it well. It was, it was, it was a really neat place. And speaking of which, how did we not contract the dreaded coronavirus? It makes no sense. We were in close, no. close contact with hundreds of people. Believe it or not, we followed guidelines and I think guidelines, despite what some people might think actually work for the most part we did i don't think i wore a mask during seminars and stuff like that no, but no. I, I, I kept my nuns you did yeah i'm not I that's i couldn't breathe i'm fat but yeah. <laughs> the uh yeah I, I got home i got tested you got tested nothing like wow good, it, yeah. it doesn't make sense maybe i just maybe we've already had it and can't get it again maybe there's a who Possibly. knows i just can't wait for this crap to be in the rearview mirror and then do a tour like this because yes. a lot of these places opened just for you yeah, which was really cool. Iowa, Again, Kansas right. City, uh, you know, they did this just, you know, to have Mike Bennett there, which is awesome. And uh, but man, what a great trip, dude! What, what what was your favorite memories here? Give me give me something good. Uh, you know, man, it, it just I honestly it was it was the first time in a long time that like I was excited to get up and get, go to a next show and like just to see what it had to offer, and it really gave me a different outlook on how I view wrestling, like. Uh, in a very more positive light. I think for a long time I was jaded uh, and wrestling started to become a job as opposed to something that I loved. 
Um, and this reminded me why I love it because it's going to sound cliche and stupid, but I, I, I love the grind. I love the, the, the hustle and bustle of trying to, uh, prove people wrong, trying to be an independent star and be like, no, I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to work my ass off for it. Like that's, that's how I came into the industry. I feel like I lost that along the way, but now I feel like I have it back. Unfortunately, it's not cliche anymore. Nobody wants to work their ass off and <laughs> nobody wants to do the grind anymore. Maybe this documentary in front of the right eyes will show people like, okay, this guy was, you know, in front of every wrestling fan in the world watches raw, you know? So, and, and now he's in front of 14 people, but he's got a big ass smile on his face and he's happy to freaking be there. It's like, and that's, you know, I was impressed with, with you as, as just, you know, the guy next to you as a friend, whatever. I'm like, damn dude, this is uh you, you didn't complain once outside of, you know, weather, the cold. And even that was, jo- even that was jokingly. So, right. No, man, like it was it, it it was just a good trip. It was one of those moments where I was like because like having known how I felt the last few years, I was like, all right, what's what am I gonna feel like on day five and am I, am I gonna not wanna do this? And I never felt that at all. It was always just like super excitement. All right, let's go, you know, and just what's next? What are the people gonna be like? And you know, it was and I, I did. I knew. I knew I was enjoying it because even after like eight hour drives and then getting to the building, I was still ready to go. You know, I wasn't like, uh, let's just get this done and over with. I was like, this is going to be fun. Let's do it. So it was just, uh, yeah, it was just a really cool trip. And the documentary shows that it really does. It's it's as raw as I can I make it. it. Yes, there's graphics on there. Yes, there's music behind it. Yes, there's a lot of editing and cutting, but that's just you know to make it pretty. But the overall message that i think that needs to uh to deliver is definitely there and i'm really proud of it so and i'm proud of you i'm proud of myself i mean what a, let's do this shit again Likewise. let's do this shit yes. again and do like like I said volumes one through 50 or whatever we'll make it a series people will start asking us to go on these trips they might and I'm, i might bring my gear next time dude i mean i dude, literally fell in love with it and even if it's have to take the next step up uh, maybe I'll work you someday, and we'll do. Some- yeah, well, we'll, 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 that'll be one of the stops. The sequel must have a, a continuation of the story. I thought I was going to have to work you in uh, Oklahoma City because I didn't think anybody was going to show up. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. As long as the sound man and the the promoters there to hit the record I mean, we're button. A match regardless. Yeah, we're doing this thing. Um, okay, so what's next, man? We're going to film more of the Bennett's. Obviously, that's an ongoing show, and I can't wait to capture the family doing the family stuff again we talked about doing a uh exercise workout type of thing uh you know video or whatever and we talked about doing another podcast uh with you and maria yeah. and uh I'd, I'd be your little conrad thompson guy or whatever yeah i think me and maria are like um we're just throwing as many stuff into the fire is that what they say coal into the fire i have no idea uh, shit against uh, the wall I, I don't know yeah something like that uh and Maria's always just her mind's moving 100 miles an hour and she's always thinking of stuff and so yeah we're gonna try to do some of that stuff we're gonna continue here at Ring of Honor continue that uh, hopefully do uh, more volumes of the I Love This Shit tour um it's just yeah it's there's a lot going on hopefully once as this world starts to open up a little more things will open us open up for us too well, thank you for everything. Thanks for a fun, memorable trip. One of my favorite things I've ever gotten to film. And uh, be safe out there. Uh, don't let Bateman stiff you, that stiff <laughs> stiff prick. 
Ask him about the time I tried to saw his leg off with a table saw, but I couldn't I find know. an extension cord in the ring. So <laughs> that that legit happened. And that was in front of 14 people in Oklahoma City as well. So there you go. You know, Oklahoma City is that's, that's <laughs> the median attendance. Gotcha. Well, you be safe. Uh, kiss the kids and uh, hug the wife and give everybody a high five for me. Will do, man. Likewise. Take right. care of yourself. Thank you, brother. Mail time. Mail time. It makes me want to wag my tail When it comes, I want to wail It's mail time! Yeah, we're still using that sound bit. We'll get sued eventually, but... <sighs> Stephen Burns, I, t- I tell you what, man. Like I tried so hard. So hard. I just, I just wanted to interview you. You know, the guy singing that song. The guy that was the original Blues Clues guy. is in a band now. Big rock star, apparently tried i tried i just wanted to put you over see what you're going up to maybe even say thank you for entertaining our children no no response it's been over a year now no response so i guess it's just not going to happen and that's fine that's fine you can't always get what you want but if you try sometimes you just might find you get what you need and i don't need Stephen Burns, and I don't need to talk about Blue's Clues and all that stuff. I just thought it would be nice because I was personally interested in seeing what happened to him. See how the band goes. We could have played some songs, maybe sold a couple albums. You know, who knows? But it's not going to happen because I've, I've stopped trying. Maybe out of nowhere he'll just, you know, see an old message because he's so popular these days. You know, he'll catch an old message and be like, oh, I didn't see that one. And it's just a, you know, simple mistake, an overlook, whatever. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's, but that, that's what's going on right now. But, you know, I feel a little just slighted. You know, if I was reaching out to The Rock, I would understand. But this is Stephen Burns from Blues Clues from 47 years ago. <sighs> I'm breathing really deeply today. I don't know why I'm like short of breath. Actually, I do know why, because this freaking snowstorm outside is crazy. And then you got this certain like gusting from the south or whatever wind and the pressure is low and then the altitude is high. And so I, I, yeah, all day I've been kind of like, (sighs) and I'm fat. That doesn't help either. Anyways, uh, thanks to Mike Bennett for having a conversation with me. Thanks to Papa Bob. Thanks to my daughter, Charlotte. Uh, this has been a long episode, but it's been a fun episode. And uh, when I don't do them for a while, then I come back. I kind of tend to overload things a little bit. They'll be shorter from here on out. I promise you. I'm going to try to keep it around an hour, maybe hour and a half. And uh, if you got that kind of time in your day to listen to me, just talk about random stuff and interview people and bitch about shit, then maybe... Uh Maybe you should find something else to do with your time. (laughs) I'm kidding. No, I appreciate it. I really do. And um, maybe some of the things I'm saying resonate. Maybe some of the things I'll say was pissing you off. Maybe it'll make you happy. Maybe you'll agree. I don't don't care. Either way, I don't care. But um, I don't like to argue with people. I don't. I'm, I'm considering myself above it at this point. But I still need... You to send me uh, questions for the mailbox, and because uh, I like doing this segment, I like I, I, I can only talk about what's in my head so much. 
I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to hear your comments and everything. So I'm not sure how you're listening to this, but, uh, you know, click the four star thing. If you think we do or five star, if you think we deserve it, if you don't, then click a one star again, I don't care. It means nothing in the end. Um, I'm going to be a rotting pile of dust here within 30 years. And you know, it's, um, so what? (laughs) <laughs> your 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 like or dislike not going to matter but while i'm on the planet i appreciate that stuff and it helps me you know try to monetize this thing someday who knows uh, okay let's get into these mail questions from jams with a z j a m z how's that pop collection what's your favorite new one well the pop collection is insane i've uh, slowed down a little bit uh, mainly for financial reasons, but uh, there's other things I need to be doing with my money. Ah, man, it's it's. I'm looking around, you know, the the studio right now. They're just everywhere. I'm I'm four away from having a thousand of them, and uh, the value is like at twenty thousand. So I want to get rid of these damn things. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I've had my fun. And if you're looking to buy a huge pop collection for, and you have a bunch of money sitting around. Uh, come get them. Uh, my favorite new one. I just got uh, Frankfurter from a Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that was one of my grails. Like when when I say grails, I mean it's like the sought after ones. That was one of mine, and I have it now. I have the whole Rocky Horror Picture Show collection. <sighs> Trying to catch my breath, which makes me very happy. So uh, thank you for asking that, Jams. Aaron with an E E R I N. When's that rat show coming out? I talked about it just a minute ago, and uh, hopefully around April. Uh, it there's a lot of elements to this thing. It's not just like a throw together show, like, you know, one nation under pop where I can just hop in and do 15 of them in, in two days and put them together within a week. This is uh Stephen Piercy's life story. It's a huge responsibility and I'm uh, honored to have it. And I don't want to let anybody down to include myself or you, the viewer. So uh, maybe April, hopefully though. You'll know, trust me, you'll know. Um, Big Rod Johnson, of course, Wants to know who's the last person you had sex with and and was it any good? Um, I I don't throw names out there, but it was damn good because I was involved. <laughs> That's right. It's all it's always good, baby. That's right. Anyways, um, suggestions for shows to watch on Netflix from Josh. Well, first of all, Josh. You know I, I have Netflix as well. Yes, everybody has Netflix, but there's an alternative to Netflix with all independent shows. It's called a TV, a S Y television. You can get it on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon fire, and at asytv.com. Yes, it's called a TV. It is my television network. We film television shows. If you've been listening at all to this podcast, you would know that. So I'm not going to talk about Netflix. I'm not going to talk about Hulu. I'm not going to talk about Amazon Prime. I'm not going to talk about HBO Max. I'm not going to talk about Disney Plus. I'm not going to talk about Paramount Plus. I'm not going to talk about Di- uh, Discovery Plus. I'm not talking about any of those other ones anymore. I'm not talking about the Peacock. I'm not talking about any of it. No. You should only be watching a side TV. All of you. That goes for every one of you. Watch a side TV and help me make a living so I don't have to um, pimp myself out to advertisers here pretty soon. I make a living on your subscriptions, by the way. Do you know that? So every time uh, you subscribe, I'm the happiest guy in the world. Every time someone cancels, I want to choke you. And, you know, I don't mean to be violent, and I don't mean that literally, but uh, there's a little part of me that's like, yeah, let's choke that person for, you know, exercising their <laughs> their right to do whatever they want to. Anyways, um, 
Tessa wants to know tips for losing 20 pounds fast. Don't ask me, man. I'm shitty at dieting. I'm shitty at working out. I get started and then I get bored and then I, I start eating right and I start going to the gym. And then, you know, two weeks later, I'm just sitting here eating a bowl of French fries, dipping it in sugar laced ketchup and just killing myself slowly. So if you want to lose 20 pounds fast, spend a week eating nothing but fruit and vegetables. That's how I did it. But you know what? I gained it back and five pounds within a month. So, you know, listening to my advice is, um, it's not smart. Don't, don't ask me. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you how to do it. Uh, liposuction, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty fast, right? Take 20 pounds of fat off of me and then, uh, you'll heal up for like three months. And then maybe at that point you'll look good or deformed. Who knows? Sorry, Tessa. Um, message from cookie cookie. Is this a boy or a girl? What are you going to spend that stimulus check on? Um, rent, <laughs> like rent, uh, credit card payments, and that's about it. So, um, yeah, I'm not taking a vacation around the world. I'm not doing anything fancy and, and not buying myself an, even a Funko Pop or a shirt or anything. I'm just going to put that to where it needs to be and uh, hopefully keep this um, roof over my head for just a few more months. Um, but, yeah, I would love to spend it on something fun, but there's... Nothing more fun than rent, I guess. Carrie wants to know, what have you learned this week? This week, I've learned that, uh, let me see, what have I learned about the world or what have I learned about any certain subject or about myself? Um, I learned that I can easily be a lazy shit at any time and I can also be the hardest worker that you've ever met at any time. It's a dichotomy that I always fight with. When I get a snowstorm and I'm not able to pick up my kid and not able to get out and do anything, then I'm the laziest son of a bitch. Like, I mean, and, and then again, you know, my laziness, what I consider laziness may be considered a full day's work to other people. I work 24 seven, constantly making emails and phone calls and doing admin work and editing. You want, you want to talk about work sitting in front of these computers, just editing and editing and clicking and clicking and uh, scrolling and it just, it's nonstop. So I, I work nonstop, but if I don't physically do something and, you know, like I said, get to the gym or just get out and have meetings or, you know, go out and get on the road and film things. And I feel like I'm being a lazy shit. Um, but that's kind of what I've learned about at least myself. Um, that's just in this thing. This is a long ass episode, man. Let's get to the last question here. And I wasn't going to answer this one because I don't want to end on negativity. But I figured I have to have to answer it. Uh, maybe I'll add in one of these other questions here. So I get a lot of questions and a lot of them have either been answered 50 times already or they're just not smart questions. Like, let me look. Yeah, I get the, you know, the how big is your dick questions a lot. Like, it's it's fine. It's average. Like, don't. Why? Like, why do you. What is this one? Do you have any pets? Yes, I have Marcy J. Cat. She meows in the background of almost every episode of this podcast. So listen to the podcast. I, I don't just see some of these questions are just and I'm grateful that you send them. I'm grateful that you listen. I'm grateful that you want to partake. But at the same time, it's just going to think of something thought provoking. So that's why I'm going to answer this last one um, or this next one with gas prices skyrocketing. This is from uh, Jerome. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know why that name always makes me laugh. It just does. I don't know. Um, 
with gas with gas prices skyrocketing, the government running out of money and heading into socialism, and the fabric of America under attack, how how can you still defend a vote for Biden? Much love, but your political views are killing the USA. Oh my goodness, Jerome. Oh, actually, I don't think that was Jerome. I think I meant to write James, but it like auto corrected for some reason. Yeah, it's James. Sorry, James. Well, I mean, sorry, not sorry, because your question is just laced with just the fact that you probably get all your news from Fox News and you probably listen to people like Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones and Glenn Beck and you name it. Come on, people do better, do better, do better, do better. Yes, I voted for Joe Biden because of the alternative. And so far, I think he's done a fantastic freaking job. Like what? I'm just, even if he didn't do anything this entire time, he's not embarrassing. At least not to me. Maybe he is to you. I know he was sniffing people for a while or whatever, but even that could be misconstrued. It's, you can't misconstrue. <laughs> is that a word? You can't mistake the, th- oh, there's Marcy cat. I just kicked her. Sorry. She's under the desk. You can't mistake the things that Donald Trump has done. You can't take back and explain the grabber by the pussy. You can't take back and explain dropping out of the Paris climate agreement and the Iran nuclear uh, deal. And you can't, you know, misinterpret the fact that the rich got richer. You can't misinterpret the fact that it was, a, it was basically four years of, of working for the business people and not, not the citizens. So yes, nothing is going to be perfect. Nothing's going to satisfy everybody. Not at all. Not at all. Not even, even a little bit. Do I think Joe Biden is going to be one of the best presidents in the history of the United States? The jury's out. He's been president for less than a hundred days. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you expect? But what he has done. And, and here's the thing. Never give a president all the credit for anything. The president signs things that the majority people that are around him agree with. Yes, he has a say. He has a big say. But, you know, giving Trump credit for anything and it takes like four to five years for anything a president does or any kind of policy that's been enacted usually takes uh, several years to feel the effects from. So all the things that people gave Trump credit for were probably things constructed in the Obama Biden era. And I know a lot of people like, Oh, it's bullshit. No, it's not bullshit. It's fact. Just because the facts don't agree with your agenda doesn't mean they're not facts. You idiot. So tell me what he's done wrong. Tell me skyrocket gas prices. Are you kidding me? It's gas always goes up in the winter. It always, it always has go back and look. Do some research instead of just spewing shit out there. And it's not that expensive. It's really not. It's under three bucks. I don't, I don't get it, man. It's like people just like scrape and, and just peel and just reach and grasp and beg for things to support their personal generational brainwashing bullshit agendas. I don't have an agenda. If Biden fails, guess what? I'll tear him to shreds just as I did tr- Donald Trump. It doesn't make a difference. It, it's why? Why are you like wearing these jerseys for these teams that don't care about you? The, the entire four years that Trump was in office, what happened 
What happened that helped you? Oh, unemployment was... No, that's a manipulation of the numbers. Unemployment has always been pretty much the same in the last 20, 30 years. It just has. Yes, it goes up and down. Everything does. It's it's more about supply and demand than it is about the ideas of a president. Now, when Biden gets on you know, TV and does his press conferences... I'm not embarrassed to be an American. (laughs) I'm not. And I'm probably, you know, I'm not that patriotic. I'm not going to go out there with an American flag draped around, you know, with Viking horns and raiding the Capitol because my president told me to. I'm not that guy. I never will be that guy. I wasn't that guy when I was in the army and I'll never be that guy. I'm grateful to live here because... I get to pursue, you know, what I want to pursue for better or worse, for success or failure. It's up to me. I get that. And I like that. Um, But damn, what, what has Biden done that's been so wrong in these first couple months? Name something. Seriously, please. I mean, you can you can look back on history and every president has had colossal mistakes and colossal fuck ups and colossal. Um, I like saying the word colossal. I want to open up a falafel restaurant and call it colossal falafel and just have really big pieces of falafel. Totally sidetracked. But every president has done stupid shit and amazing stuff. Even Trump has done really great things. But (laughs) overall, worst president we've ever had overall biggest embarrassment to the United States that I can remember. And that's not my personal agenda that's saying that. That's just watching and having my eyes and ears open and keeping my mouth shut while I'm paying attention. You would too if you just pay attention, James or Jerome. (laughs) Damn, man. This doesn't have to be you versus me. It doesn't have to be R versus D, donkey versus elephant. It doesn't have to be that. Save that shit for sports. Yeah, my team's better than your team. Your team sucks. Ha ha. That's all for the most part, except for the fanatical morons. That shit's all good humored and fun, I think, personally. That's why I watch pro wrestling, because I know it's theater and I enjoy it. (laughs) I get to just sit back and enjoy it. Do I like everything I see? No, no. Do you like every single episode of The Walking Dead? Probably not. Do you like every single you know, whatever you like, do you like every single episode of that or every single thing that, no, you don't, but damn dude, uh, give, give, give the old man a chance. He, you know, he's got about five or six years left. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to say that it's, but it's probably true. He's in his almost 80. He's like the oldest president we've had, but we needed that. We needed that kind grandfather figure. And I enjoy having Biden as president over the alternative. I'm looking forward to seeing who's next, to be honest with you. I'm hoping it's somebody that's like an Andrew Yang or a, even a Kamala Harris or just you know somebody that was just young and with new ideas that'll take us into a new era of just something just so this less divisive and less. Damn it, dude. Do I have to run for president? Because I will if I have to. I mean, the president is just basically a figurehead. I'm a good communicator. I just sat here and talked for a couple hours. I can do that. You think I can't cut a good 
press release or a good uh, State of the Union address? Of course I could. You don't think I would call people out for who they are? Oh, trust me, as soon as I got elected, they would take me behind the woodshed and beat the shit out of me and scare the hell out of me. I guarantee they would. The lobbyists would be crawling up my ass, and I get it. But, you know, you need somebody like me <laughs> that wouldn't fall for that shit. I don't know. I'm not going to run for fucking president. I don't what the hell am I going to do? They dig into my past and tear me the shreds. They would come to this podcast and edit things out and make me seem like the most racist person in the world when the opposite is the blaringly true if you listen to what the hell I'm saying. It's just dumb, man. Fucking this society's so stupid. I'm so tired of it. I mean, what are my options, though? Deal with it. Ignore it. Uh, kill myself. Um, <laughs> I don't want to... I enjoy life, man. I really do. I have a good life and I have good people around me and I'm very grateful for all of that. I'm doing fun, amazing, surreal things and um, I have nothing really to complain about. I'm complaining about just things that other, I'm I'm complaining about other people. I, I really need to stop that, but then I would have nothing to talk about on this podcast and you're the ones bringing these questions to me, so... Oh, shit. Let's go back to the dick question. How big is my dick? Okay, who asked that question? Desiree. 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 I imagine it's there's two E's at the end. Is it Desiree? Desiree. Um, let's talk about it. Are we talking length, girth, all of the above? Are we talking, you know, the like a bulbous head type of thing? Are we... Tell me what your preferences are. I don't look at a lot of other penises. I mean, I watch porn as much as the next person, but I don't like sit there and stare at the penis. I'm more of a face kind of guy. I almost said facial kind of guy, but that's a whole nother topic right there. I'm like a face guy. I like to see face. Even when I'm with somebody, I like to watch their face because that turns me on. You know, if they're just sitting there staring at me with a blank stare and a sneer, I'm like, okay, this is not going to end ever. Like, (laughs) But, you know, I mean, what's a giant penis? Because I've showered in Korea when I was in the army when we had shared showers and you can't help because, you know, there's everyone in the shower together and you you, you see a penis and you're looking at it like, oh, okay. I remember being in summer camp, like we all compared penises for some fucking reason. I have no idea why, you know, just and I was like in the middle, you know, it wasn't the biggest or the smallest by any means. So I just want to end this podcast, this long ass informational heartfelt, um, exciting and terrifying and awful and fun podcast episode of the Brandon Bishop podcast. I want to end it with something somewhat, somewhat fun. Um, and my penis is lots of fun, man. I, I got like so many text messages since I've been doing this. My mom, uh, Heath Slater, we're getting ready to do some stuff. Uh, excuse me, Charlotte's apologizing. No need for that. Um, oh, Ricky from uh, that Vegas show, she's ready to film again. Mike Moore, my developer, he fixed a problem. Um, Christy Dier from Adair, I'm sorry, Dier. <laughs> I'm an idiot, I can't read. Uh, she's got some stuff, uh, Mike Bennett. Okay. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff to do after I hit the uh, stop button on this podcast, which I'm going to do right now. 
But uh, let me leave you with this, okay? My penis is average, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's really not. Most women, and, and women, ladies, let me let me ask you this: When you tell a guy that, "Oh, your penis is fine. I don't like them when they're too big," do do you mean that, or is that just something you say like to make that person not like self conscious about their penis? I'm not. I don't give a shit. Like one way or another, I don't care. I think that's the overlying theme of this entire episode is I personally do not care about anything except for my kid, my mom, a selective few friends, my cat who's licking my freaking foot right now. Jesus God, that tickles. Um, And, uh, you know, my business and that's about it. I, I don't care um, what people think of my penis like like what, what do I have to measure it right now? And, I'm, and my mom listens to this, so I don't. I, you just you're never going to get closure on that one. That is the who shot JFK mystery Bermuda Triangle Area 51 type information um, because and you're never going to see it either. Then again, I haven't I got to see how uh, there's no way for me to see how Desiree looks. Did I get that on Facebook? Maybe I can. I mean, maybe she's super hot and I'll be like, well, <laughs> grab the tape measure, lady. <laughs> <sighs> Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Oh, she is cute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just rambling at this point, which means it's time to take this sucker home. Thank you so much for listening to the Brandon Bishop podcast. Again, I'm going to try to get one of these episodes out weekly. Uh, sometimes I'm on the road, won't be able to do it. Oh, well, um, we'll move on to the week after that. So thank you for listening and, uh, please leave comments, please leave ideas, please leave, uh, questions for the mailbox segment. And until next week, uh, be safe, love each other, be respectful and, uh, shut up and fuck you.